Hey, how's it going? Everything's good with me. Hope it's good with you. Michael Ball here. My great producer, Sean Kleisinger, on the other side of the glass. We're here for another afternoon of sports talk. Two days away from the Riders and the BC Lions. Zinger, I didn't check with you. This is something I should have done before. Very unprofessional of me. Do we have Pick the Score today? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Keep listening for Pick the Score. What is that you say? I'll tell you what it is. You call in when we tell you to call in. You call in and you give us the score of the game. What do you think the score of the game is going to be? You automatically win two tickets. It's a rider game. You, if you're closest to the score that week, uh, then you will be uh, getting a $200 gift card from Sastel. Now, if you or somebody else pick the same score, because we can't monitor the whole station, if you or somebody else pick the same score, then I think we do some sort of draw or coin flip or something like that to see if you get the $200 gift card. But you're also automatically in the running for a draw for a sweet experience at a rider game in 2023. Got a great show lined up. We'll hear from Rams defensive back coach Vincent Donaldson before 430, former rider DB, now coaching the stars of tomorrow today, getting set for the Rams season. They're in training camp now, two days. Julio Caravada, just after 430, talk at BC Lions football. Zinger and I with our Sports Cage CFL. Uh, power rankings. Oh, yeah. Then the, off the press. Then in the 5 o'clock hour, we got our celebrity CFL pick segment. And mm-hmm. you know who it, who's in the chair? Evan Bray, the commissioner, or the chief of police, I guess, for the Regina Police Service. I'm thinking Commissioner Frank Reagan, Blue Bloods, but you know <laughs> what I'm saying. And then uh, he was also a longtime public address announcer for your Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So there you go. All right, Duke Williams will hear from uh, Mario Alford. It's Mario, not Mario. Aaron Anderson will uh, tee up high school football for us. Coach Dickinson, it's a jam-packed show. And we want your involvement. 936-6262, the number to text, brought to you by Capital GMC Buick Cadillac, number one GM dealership, the corner of Rochdale and Pasco. Get those texts coming, and all our guests come to you via the Western Pizza hotline. All right. And the show, <laughs> I should give them their just due, brought to you by spreads.ca. You sign up using the code CKRM and get 15 free spins on the slot machine for a chance to win $1 million. Have you uh, thought any more about the prediction? Like, what do you got? I got the Riders by a touchdown. Yeah, uh, I might have one by the end of the show today. Okay, I, uh, Pete Robertson looks like he's going to play. Garrett Marino's going to play. That's why I'm kind of waiting here. I need to see uh, who's playing okay, here. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's why you got to wait till kickoff to make your bets. I've you got know? more. I've got more faith in my team than you. Let's be oh, honest. Yeah, I got way more uh, faith yeah, in my team. Your keep and, telling yourself that. Keep telling yourself that. Anyway, you know? one of the nice additions <laughs> uh, for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in the secondary has been number sixteen, Amari Henderson from Wake Forest, and uh, he's had a couple of nice knockdowns. He's undersized, but I tell you what, he throws his body in there. Got roughed up a bit in the last game by uh, Manny Arsenault, who's a tough load to bring down, but he's not scared to throw his body in there. And our own Blaine Wyland caught up with uh, Amari Henderson today. All right, I'm Blaine Wyland, joined with uh, former Demon Deacon Amari Henderson. Uh, Amari, a pretty eventful first month for yourself here in Ryderville. You got yourself into the lineup and had a battle of COVID. Was a a very roller coaster month for you in your first month with Saskatchewan. Yeah, it was it was uh you know a lot of ups and downs with the COVID. The COVID hit me kind of out of out of nowhere, man. But I feel good, man. Just being up here in Rough Rider Nation, man, embrace me. Uh, the coaches embrace me. The players embrace me. And I just I just love being here, man. The whole time I've been here, man, I just love every single moment of it. I know it's only been a few games for yourself in the starting lineup, but uh, already you've made some key knockdowns, especially inside the end zone. Does the mentality shift for a defensive bat uh, when the play is inside the, your own 10-yard line? 
Uh, I mean, my mentality always stays the same. Um, no matter what, no matter where I am on the field, my job is always the same. Don't let the receiver catch the ball. So, I mean, obviously down here, the the field area is a little bit tighter, so you got to be a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more patient. But I'm, my mentality is always the same. Just don't let the receiver or the person I'm guarding catch the ball. So. As an American coming up playing the Canadian game, one uh, transition uh, playing halfback is with the slot that coming with the running motion. Is that much of an adjustment for yourself playing yeah, DB? Yeah, it was. Um, you know, they kind of get a little advantage with, you know, a little head start before the before the snap of the ball. But, you know, with, with more reps and film study, I, I kind of get a little bit more comfortable with the waggle. But, yeah, it's, it's definitely different from coming up from down south, coming up here in Canada with the waggle and everything. But it's, it's it definitely took a, a little time to adjust to it. But now I feel a little bit more comfortable than when I first came up here. Is it just simply, you know, just taking the jam out of the way out of your repertoire? Yeah, it's just you got somebody coming at you full speed when you're pretty much stagnant. You know, you're not moving and they're coming at you full speed with a waggle. So kind of just getting your getting your feet set and just staying in there and getting, getting comfortable with the jamming the, the receiver inside that five yard mark. So it's definitely an adjustment. But like I said before, I'm a little bit more comfortable now. Uh, can you talk about the char characteristics that uh, makes up inside of your guys' secondary? Uh, some of the traits that uh, are displayed inside of the rider's secondary. Uh, tenacity, we gotta be hungry, uh, aggressive, be able to cover, tackle. You really just gotta be able to do it all. Um, ball hawks. Every time the ball is in the air, our motto is that it's our ball too. You know, no matter no matter who it is, when the ball is in the air, it's yours. So go get it. So being aggressive and just playing our game. Uh, of course, Friday's game, another matchup against the BC Lions. You guys had a, a encounter with them in late July. Was there anything you could take away from that first matchup with the Lions? Yeah, just being a little bit more aggressive. I felt like uh, I was being a little bit passive, especially when the ball was in the air. I had a ball caught against me. Uh, post route, deep post route that I gave up. If I, I felt like if I would have been more aggressive on that on that play specifically, um, it kind of would have helped us out in that game because that was right before halftime. So that was a big play for them. So just being a, being a little bit more aggressive this game. But you know we got to give kudos to them. They're they're a really good team, great quarterback, great wide receiver. So we just got to come out there, play our game, and be aggressive. And speaking more about that wide receiving core for BC, is it a simple situation? They got a lot of great bodies inside of that inside of that wide receiver group that uh, make them so much dangerous. Uh, I mean, we just got to play our game. I feel like if we play our game, we can play with anybody, and we know that. So we just got to come out here on Friday and just play our game, and I feel like we'll be fine. Uh, possibility of Garrett Marino and Pete Robertson coming back in terms of the defensive line. How much does that pressure help out the secondary? Oh uh, man, the DBs love when defensive linemen get back there, just like how the defensive linemen love when DBs can cover so they can get back there and, and get a sack on the quarterback. So we love it, man, for, for our guys, Marino and, and Pete, to come back. Uh, so I'm looking forward to to see them guys out there on Friday night. And as we mentioned before, kind of a month into the season, have you now started to, you know, as you said, get more comfortable here in Ryderville? Yeah, I'm starting to get a little more comfortable, um, you know, just being out there on the football field with these guys and just just enjoying the moment, just being grateful every time I step on the field, man. I'm just grateful and just enjoying the moment, try to execute at a high level and make the best of every opportunity that comes my way. Is it special, even though you're playing up in Canada, playing a game Friday night under the lights? Yeah, it's always special. Every time I come on the field, it's special. I just thank the man above every single time I come up on the field. So it's definitely special. Yes, sir. And just get your thoughts about playing in front of the Ryder Nation fans. Man, it's, it's words can't even describe how, how crazy it is, how, how much I love it. The fans are so in tune with the guys here and so in tune with the community here. So I love just playing in front of the green and white, the Rough Rider Nation, man. I love it.
Is there any kind of stats that you keep in mind that you have goals to, towards you? I know a lot of people think about interceptions. Is that the number one stat you look towards you? Is it knockdowns? Is there any kind of stat you look towards? One, number one stat for me and for everybody else in here is just going 1-0 every single week. So that's the main stat, just winning. All right, well, thanks a lot, Amari. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. He's got a fumble recovery. He's got a couple of nice knockdowns, makes some tackles. He's a motivated player in the secondary. Now, Zinger, I'm telling you, the enforcements are coming. Garrett Marino, Pete Robertson, and even A.C. Leonard. Here's the coach, Craig Dickinson. Pete's game time, but we're hoping he can go. we got to check with him, uh, Murray, and see how he feels. But all signs point to Pete playing this week. How about A.C. Leonard? Same. Same thing. Same. And Marino? Same. Yes. So you got the band back. We're getting the guys back, yeah. Now, that will they be a little bit... Uh, out of shape, probably, yeah. And, and we got to see how they feel, too. I haven't gone in yet. But if they feel well and they um, feel like they're able to, to play and play and uh, play a game without, first of all, re-injuring themselves or being tired, we're going to try to play. Because you were cautious with Pete last week. Definitely this cautious. Is kind of and we'll be the same, yeah. He felt better this week. Uh, had a couple of good days, Murray. So we feel like as long as nothing happens in there that changes our mind, we're looking to play Pete this week. How about with the offensive line? Is it... Campbell and what's going to yeah, there? it's Campbell and Lauderdale, or Campbell, Lauderdale, and Vaughn, depending how Vaughner does. Vaughner's still not out of the mix, um, but it'll be a combination of those three, or those three. Did Vaughn practice today, sorry? No. No. So you think he could still be ready? In I think he could? will be, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a low-grade hammy, so, uh, but we'll see. You know, t we didn't go hard this week just because it was a short week, so we feel like our offensive line can play even if they don't practice. Great. Oh, you, you said Kyron Moore possibility to be ready this week. Is that still a possibility or no? No, he won't no. play this week, but we'll try our best to get him on next. Greg, uh, with you kind of uh, not wanting to get anybody hurt with everybody coming back on the defensive line, are you guys going to kind of platoon a rotating cast there just to maybe uh, lessen the snaps that the guys are going to be on we'll the We'll try, but we also have to have you know a good offense and good special teams. So we'd like to dress as many D linemen as we could, but we also know we got to have some linebackers and some guys on offense for, for, for coach Moss. So we'll, we'll figure that out when I go back in, but I do think you'll see less reps for the D line, especially if they're coming back on after being off. Jamal Campbell was kind of a, a big name free agent. You guys went out on the side, but it didn't get the start. What, what maybe was holding him back or why did you like some of these other guys better? I, I just think Jamal, I mean, he's done everything we've asked of him. Uh, we feel like we're pretty good inside, and we wanted to go with American tackles just because we felt like that was our best lineup. Um, but he's had a good week of practice, and if he gets a start at tackle, I think he'll do a good job. Craig, have you noticed an elevation or an added excitement in uh, in Jamal's demeanor on field here this yeah, week? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, anytime a guy has, you know, gets the the sense he might play, there's a little bit of juice. So, but like I, I told Britton, he's been a hard worker all year, so he's just keeps coming to work and, and does his thing. Craig, you've been around this league a long time. I love you when I preface questions with that. <laughs> Nathan Rourke is a quarterback. Where does he rank when you're watching him? He's really good. I think the only thing that we need to see is can he do it year in, year out. But this year, I mean, like I said to Michael Ball, he he is really good, as good of a young quarterback as I've seen in a long time. And if he keeps it up, you know, he's going to have some records before it's all said and done. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He's he's getting a, and he's going to have some career records too. But I mean, career that's hard, right? You're looking a long way down the road. But the small sample size he's put out there, he's a he's a darn good football player. One of the things on special teams is getting that hat trick, the like makes field goal, 
kickoff return, punt return. It's hard. Only four guys have done it in the CFL. Uh, Alfred has two thirds of the way there. Okay. Do you think he's a guy that's capable of getting that third? Yes. Part? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Uh, if he just keeps doing what he's doing, trusting the guys in front of him, sticking it up in there, which he's doing a good job of, I think he will. He will bust one because it's a big field, and, and we've got good people in front of him that are working hard. So, I would love to see him take a punt back at some point. Tomorrow would be great, or excuse me, Friday would be great. Uh, but we'll take it whenever it comes. The main thing I always tell Mario is the same thing I tell all the returners. Get us a first down. And then if there's more, take more. But we want to really focus on getting 10 yards every time. Of the third, would the punt return be the so-called easiest? Or the, or I the think, I, my opinion, the field goal return is. Because it's just, there's so much space and you got offensive linemen trying to cover. I think uh, the second would maybe be the punt return. And I think the hardest one actually is kickoff return. Because... Um, I don't know, it just seems like in the course of history there have been less, less kickoff returns and punt returns, but they're all difficult, you know, and with the guys covering for each team and the punters being as good as they are nowadays, uh, they're all difficult. So if he got another one, I think it'd be a real feather in his cap and a feather in the cap of the guys walking. When I play back his kickoff return, just to be the athletes around the kickoff return, because the long field you have, the, not saying defensive linebackers, sure. but the more athletic guys, the more linebackers on kickoff returns. Probably make it more yeah, and the guy, and yeah, the guy's covering. Everything's in front of him. Where on a punt return, you can hold them at the, hold them up at the line, and they're late getting down. Where there's no doing that on a kickoff. So I, I feel kickoff returns are even harder to uh, to bust. That being said, we've given up too. So that tells you our cover team wasn't very good during during <laughs> that game. But we feel like our cover teams, to take a tangent, are getting better, and our return teams are starting to strengthen too. As a special teams guy, does it still nod you that safety that occurred in that PC? Yeah, that was that was bad, and we showed it this morning to the guys. Two things: bad bad job by the guys blocking for for Mario, and he made a poor decision probably to bring it out. So we'll keep working at it. What does it say about this team? I know it's even during the adversity, the first three game losing streak since you've been the head coach, that they didn't seem down on each other. They didn't seem no. to attack each other. It's kind of still kind of fun and positivity around. It's them. a good locker room. I mean, I I really believe that they. they they care about each other, and they enjoy being around each other, and I think they trust the coaching staff. So when you have those things going for you, I think adversity uh, is not maybe as big of a deal. It's still not good. We still don't want to have adversity, and hopefully that's it for the most part. But the reality is that's a good group in there. They trust the guy next to them, and I think they trust their coaching staffs to have their back. And Is this home-and-home set going to be a little bit different because it's a divisional opponent, plus you've already played BC once already? This well, well, they'll be familiar familiarity for sure so we know who who they are they know who we are so it'll come down to players making plays and and uh, doing a good job of managing the game when the when the clock gets late in the game it'll be a close game i believe okay really important one we were talking to duke about his touchdown celebration from last yeah. week and we were asking him what his ideal celebration snack would be he said nachos uh more cheese sauce than what he had what's your opinion on that what is the best stadium snack for a celebration right? i think nachos is right up there but you know as i've gotten older popcorn's a big hit too so uh, i'm sure duke will not be choosy whatever they have in the front row i'm sure he'll be happy to sample and hopefully he gets a little bit of popcorn and nachos this next game what a patient man. He's a great coach. I hope he sticks around for 15 years. We as media, and I say we, we ask some really stupid questions. And we ask questions that have been asked every day. Like, honestly. And I'm I'm lumping myself in. We ask this. Monday, we ask the question. Tuesday, we ask the question. Wednesday, we ask the question. And 
Oh, man, if I was the head coach, I would be. they'd want to run me out of town because I'd be, well, they do want to run me out of town as voice of the team. I would be the biggest jerk. Like, I would just be like, what the hell kind of questions that? And I answered that on Tuesday. It is a bit like Groundhog Day Isn't in a it? way. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, it you, so, so I could take this clip from, what day is it? August 17th, 2022. And for the most part, I could take the same four or five Dickinson clips and run them August 17th, 2024, and mm. they would be applicable. Yeah. No, That's the yeah. one thing. That's like, like that in every in every sport, though. And I, I, I truly believe yeah. that hockey sometimes is, is the toughest to get. You know, sometimes hockey players are kind of just like absolute cookie cutters. I gotta do a better job of this. I've gotta do a better job of this. I'm gonna do this from now. When they say we just gotta play our game, I gotta say, well, what game is that? Yeah. Can you tell us? Can you tell us what your game is? And see what they have to say. Well, we just gotta stick to our systems. Well, what's your system? Mm -hmm. We just gotta give it 110%. Well, what is a hundred? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so are you telling me you only give 70% some of the time? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. The world of sports doesn't take a rocket science, does it? When we come back, we'll hear from Vince and Donaldson and our clutch performance of the day. You're listening to the Sports Cage uh, for spreads.ca on 620 CKRM. Thanks, Cody. All right, so we got some uh, good news. Our clutch performance is Team Saskatchewan at the Canada Summer Games in the Niagara, Ontario area. Uh, Team Saskatchewan won the first medal of the week yesterday, a week two, that is. Silver and shot put coming off the arm and shoulder of Teddy Hootie. That was a para shot put, so that's good news. And Kyrell. Uh, Sapotic of Aberdeen has won a bronze medal for Team Saskatchewan in the 1,500-meter wheelchair male category at the Canada Games Park in St. Catharines, Ontario. So good job. That brings Saskatchewan's uh, total medal count, I believe, to 12, if I'm not mistaken, 7 silver and 5 bronze. Whenever we talk about our clutch performance or performers in this case of the day, brought to you by Nick's Service in Emerald Park, your local Massey Ferguson, Challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fent dealer. Call 781-1077. Hey, I want to give a shout out here quickly to uh, Mirad El-Khatib. Had a meeting with him today. Uh, AGT Foods Guru, president of the Regina Thunder. Things are coming into uh picture here now for the football weekend in Saskatchewan. We got the Riders and Elks Friday, September 16th. Then the 17th, we got the Thunder and Hilltops uh, 1 o'clock kickoff and then a a 7 o'clock kickoff at night with a concert in between. It's going to be the uh, Huskies and the Rams. Both of those amateur games are going to be broadcast right here on 620 CKRM including our buddy there um, Sean Kleisinger on the call. He and Ryan Hall will call the Thunder Hilltops game. Daniela Ponticelli, Pete Pasco, the Rams-Huskies game. And, of course, I'll be on the call with Luke Mullender for the big game, which will take place on Friday, Riders and the Edmonton Elks. Okay, we're going to... Uh, we're going to uh, hold off. I've told Benson Donaldson we'll talk to him a little later in the show, so we'll get to Benson Donaldson a little later in the show. But uh, up next, we'll head out to Vancouver and talk to former Canadian quarterback in the CFL, 
color analyst and one of the best in the business. Probably the, you know, I got to say my guy's the best, but then right next to Luke Molitor is Julio Caravata. He joins us on the Western Pizza Hotline next here on 620 CKRM. Hello, hope you're doing well. 936-6262, the number to text. That's for Capital GMC Buick Cadillac. My producer Zinger's man on the text line. Do we have any text there, buddy? Yeah, we do, man. We got a couple texts rolling in here. Leonard's on the text line. Leonard says, hey, Ballsy, I have bumped up my farming chores from Friday to Thursday the potatoes are being peeled the cows are being milked so i can go to the game on friday so uh nice that's awesome leonard thanks for the text man john and hannah alberta says Corey chamberlain had uh the best dumb media question answer when uh he was head coach and quote what do you need to do to win today coach uh we need to score more points that was his answer. That's the best. That's that the, was a that was a good one. That, that was, was a good one. Thanks, John, for the text. That was a good one. All right, let's head out in the Western Pizza Hotline. Dinner time, game time, anytime, a great time to order Western Pizza. Julio Caravada joining us, color commentator on the BC Lions Radio Network. Um it's amazing. These coaches have such patience because we media ask them the same questions day after day, just in a different way. <laughs> Yes, we do. Isn't it true? It's true, (laughs) man. Uh, I mean, Dickinson's been asked about Nathan Rourke and how great he is four times this week, and he does it with a smile on his face every time. I will tell you this, man. I am so, like, I I love uh, broadcasting CFL football. I get excited for my riders. Uh, At times, some of it's manufactured uh, excitement, because if you're not into it, the people listening to you won't be into it. I don't know that I'd have a voice by the end of the third quarter if I was calling the video game known as the BC Lions. That's how fun has this season been for you? This is the this goes back to the Roy DeWalt, Mervin Fernandez days, man. <laughs> well, I have to say, probably you know, I, I I experienced one year, my actually my rookie year in 1991. Doug Plutie was our quarterback, and he threw for. 6,619 yards, and we played six overtime games that year. That was an exciting year. Um, but as far as broadcasting, this uh, is is right up there. Um, you know, I think probably, too, with the with the fact that, uh, you know, there's been a number of games here uh, where, you know, they, they've been down, you know what I mean, and, and had to come storming back. And uh, there was no better example than that, uh, you know, last Saturday when in Calgary, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I feel it, it just, I feel you know I, mean? I feel like Nathan Rourke was maybe a little tentative in terms of being the 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 locker room leader early on because he's 24, he's now just the newly anointed starter. But I really felt watching that game last week and talk with Glenn Suter about it. It's like he took that was his team, like he took that team over not only with his play but his uh, demonstrative nature on the sidelines too. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's he's, but here in in you know, but to be honest with you, like his his personality, he's a very quiet guy. Like he's not the kind of guy that is going to rah rah on the sidelines. You know, you did see, you know, you saw a guy that was encouraging, that guy that was, you know, meeting his teammates, and um, you know, doing all those things. Um, but ultimately, what Nathan Rourke is doing is 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 he's winning on the football field. Right, and he's going out and executing at a very, very high level, and everybody else is just is 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 along for the ride, right? Like they, they all know that they when they walk into that huddle, and and this is another remarkable fact about him is that at his age, where he is in his career, 
he's already developed that where guys step into the huddle and they look at him and they believe, hey, we can win. No matter where we are in the game, if we're down and out or whatever it is, we got a chance with this guy. And that's, a, that's in, in a lot of cases, Ballsy, that's, that's a hard thing to have, you know, to develop. Yeah. Because right? your, your body of work speaks for that. And so to his body of work, even though we're still just about halfway through his first full season as a starter, and he's already developed that, is, is pretty special. So being elite is year after year, uh, that's how you become an elite quarterback. Now, in the small sample mm-hmm. size, Coach Dickinson said the other day, the first time he was asked on this show back on Monday, said he can't remember a quarterback being this good in the last 15 years this young. I've been racking my brain, man. You've been around this game longer than me, and you've been in the game as a player. Um, I can't think of a young guy that's come on the scene like this. Like Warren Moon had Tom Clements. Doug Flutie, you mentioned him. He was a professional quarterback before he came. Yeah. Ricky Ray split time with Jason Moss. Anthony Calvillo was almost out of this league. He was okay in Vegas, then went to Hamilton, had some confidence issues, went behind Tracy Ham. Like, I, I don't know if there's another Nathan Rourke. And I love it because... They wanted to get rid of Canadians, and the best Canadian, the best player in the league is a Canadian. <laughs> well, you're right in that sense that uh, there there have obviously been a lot of great quarterbacks, and you know, I mean, you develop that over time. But coming out of the gate and doing what this kid has done, um, I can't remember. I can't remember anybody that's done this, right? Not at this level. Not you know, I mean, not throwing for. 477 yards in one week and then following it up with another 488 yards like his level of execution and his completion percentage is another thing that is just off the charts like you just you just like I, I again ballsy I'm I, at times I find almost at a loss of of words like I mean you you just don't know what else to say like it's just remarkable I have, I've I've listened to your broadcast. You're never out of words, Caravana. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, man. Uh, I mean, and don't get me wrong. I love listening to you talk. So when when Nathan Rourke threw that pass to Burnham, he couldn't have gotten a golf cart and driven it down yeah. there and put it in his hands any better than that. That was a 55 yard dart. Oh my gosh, I I, I agree. I. I that was the one throw for me that you know the two one to, to Lucky and the one the, the one before that to Burnham was, I mean you, you can't you mean he when you looked at the replay, that ball hit him, in between the one and the six like literally people say that but literally on the rep, on the on the replay you could see the ball hit him between the one and the six like it was ridiculous there was not a, a there was a six inch window there, and he put it in it and then the same could be said about that throw like you know the the thing about I always say like. There is a certain level of um, innate ability that quarterbacks have, like the elite ones. And when you see throws like that, that's that's what I'm have, you know, the 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 stones to throw that ball. Speaking because of- you have to anticipate space, mm-hmm. you've got to anticipate coverage, you got to and and the other thing is you need to deliver it with. And and the other part is too, you know, you could you could get quarterbacks to line up with nobody in front of them. And they can't make that throw. But you put you add in the fact that he's got people coming at him and his is poised to throw that ball the way that he did is holy cow. Like just and he does it week in and week out. And it's his preparation too, right? Like he, he is he is so meticulous in the way that he prepares for a game. And when he gets into a game, you can tell, right? Like, hey, there have been times 
where, and you've seen it, you may throw some, some things at him early on, and he may get confused, and he may make a mistake. He may throw an interception. But his ability to bounce back from those mistakes at that age, to do what he's done, that's another thing that's remarkable that I find just I'm in awe of because usually at a young age like that, you make a you're going to fall apart, right? You're going to be like, yeah. oh, God, you know what I mean? I, I don't want to. I don't want to force something in there. I don't want to make another mistake. I don't want to throw another pick. His ability to wash away and just go to the next play is again just uncanny. Well, what people tell me about you know, I didn't. I don't remember watching him. I did watch him, but I obviously wasn't uh, old enough to appreciate it. But they told me Ron Linecaster was a guy that could slough off uh, a couple of interceptions, and his motto was when I talked to him, "Don't be scared to throw the next interception." And there's no yeah. and there's no string on the football. When you let it go, it's gone. Good or bad, you got to move on to the next one. So I really like that about him, too. Here's the other thing. I got into a debate with Arash Madani about this a couple of weeks ago before he put together the back-to-back 400-yard performances, okay? And Arash still had Zach Kalaros as the best, as the MOP leading candidate. I said not even close because, Nate, for this reason... Now, don't no disrespect to Kelly Bates. I think he's done a good job as the O-line coach. They, they're, they, they've tightened things up a bit. But Nathan Rourke makes that offensive line look real good. He makes he hangs in there. He'll shuffle a little bit. Like he his his preparation, getting the ball out of his hands, makes that offensive line look real good because it's not much different than it was last year. Yeah, no, no, I I, I agree with that. I, I agree that you know Kelly has done a, a much better job, and so you know, I mean, let's not forget about Jordan McTimmick and what he's done as the yep. offensive coordinator and, and building a an offense that really Taylor makes is it to his quarterback. But you're right. Like, hey, all those years when Danny McManus was, you know, whether he was in Edmonton or he was in Hamilton and those offensive lines were giving up five or six sacks, it wasn't because they were they were that good. It's just that you got a quarterback that's getting rid of the ball, right? And so that's part of the deal, right? That's all part of the package. If you got a quarterback that's prepared and knows where to go with the ball, and, and you're right, he has a tendency to – he wants to stay in there and throw the football. That's that's his that's his mo. He wants to, and sometimes to his you know I mean it, it gets him in trouble because he hangs in there as, as long as he possibly can um, to make sure the play works. It can kind of you know it puts a lot of strain on your on your on your offensive line. But um, there's no question that his ability um, to to read and get rid of the football really helps. It helps everybody, mm-hmm. right? It helps. It helps run the whole offense, right? When your quarterback is seeing and reading, he distributes to all the receivers. Um, you know, it, it, it's again, it's just incredible for somebody, uh, at, at, you know, where he is in his career to be able to execute the way that he does. Mosaic's a tough place to play. The Lions got down 17-4. to They showed Moxie and came back and beat the Riders 32-17. But the Riders are about to bring in A.C. Leonard, who won't be... Who won't be, you know, probably run out of gas, be a little bit out of shape, but they're going to bring him in, Pete Robertson in, and uh, fired up Garrett Marino. I think this is going to be a tough, tough ask of the BC Lions, even though I think they're the the more talented team per se. I got the Riders by a touchdown in this game. Well, yeah, no, I think that they're going to definitely. Well, what about Pete? Or like I know that Moore was another one that they were. Yeah, he's not. Pl- uh, Ky- no, Kyron Moore and Shaq Evans aren't. Uh, they're practicing, but okay. no Moore's been ruled out. So that's not that okay. that's not okay. going to happen. And they've got uh, Lauderdale and Campbell now. The expected tackles on the line of scrimmage. 
Yeah, so you make so you I mean here's the thing. We all we, we both know we've been around long enough to know that the game's won and lost in the line of scrimmage. So you 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 just pointed out three guys that definitely are going to have an impact up front. Now it's the chess match, right? What do you do from as an offense to counter that? You got you know you got three guys in there that haven't played. You said AC Leonard may run out of gas. Mm-hmm. So what do you try to do as an offense to try to counter that? So this is all part of the great the, you know the chess match that's uh, that's so fun about football. That's trying to figure it out. So I would think that uh, you know the Lions are gonna they know uh, that uh, they have they have all those guys coming back and that's going to make a huge impact on that defense and they're going to be a handful and they know it. So here we go. We're going to find out who we're going to find out whose game plan is better. But uh, as always, this time of the year in mosaic, two good teams that are going to be battling and understand what's at stake. Uh, you know, I mean, you couldn't ask for much more. Yeah. And the riders are running out of runway in terms of home games. So they're, uh, they, they got to get this one on home turf. Hey, but I got to ask you this before I let you go. Um, I'm not going to get too down on the BC lines. They've done a great job of marketing and blocking off the street and doing that stuff. Still, uh, people aren't coming through the turnstiles like I thought they would. Uh, mm-hmm. Although it is summer, lots to do in BC. Uh, do you think we'll see an, uh, an uptick at the gate yeah. as we turn to fall here? Yes. Well, you know, I, I and I don't know what it's like in, in, in Saskatchewan with, with the fans there and, and summer and how it works there. I know that they still, you know, love going to the games in the summer, but here it's just a different, and especially coming out of COVID, a lot of the people that I know, like the like guys that I know who have families that are that love football, they are they're all in. They are they are they're captivated by Nathan Rourke and what what's happening, but they have they they're away. I mean, because they they've had to be cooped up for the last two years. This is the first summer that they've been able to go away, and everybody that I know is taking advantage of that. So, but the best thing what the Lions have done is that yeah, the crowds aren't as good as they want. But what Amar Doman and that whole staff have done around the games, it's building momentum. And I would think that once we get into Labor Day and past, that you're going to see more people as they settle back into their fall schedule and schools back in, that they're going to get, they're going to get more people into that stadium. Because there is honestly a, a real buzz about what the Lions are doing, and especially around Nathan Rourke. Like yeah. People are excited about it. And now it's just a question of them getting down to the game, and there's no excuse for them not to. I feel uh, I feel kind of bad though. I'm kind of conflicted. Like if he makes the NFL, which everybody's talking about, because he's probably better than half the backups in the league down there. Which is kind of funny. Yeah. Guy went to the University of Ohio. He never went to Ohio University. He went to the University of Ohio. Okay, so he's been flying under the radar. And now everybody's like, oh, he's going to make the NFL. And and, and you know you don't want to make predictions. But my thing is, gosh, they're building all this momentum, and then this, this dude could be like a shooting yeah. star, right? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I know that's one of the things that they've built a team now where you're right, they've they got all the pieces in place and then you, you get probably the, the biggest piece and, um, you know, the potential to lose him. But, you know, the reality is is that, you know, what he's doing, he's going to have multiple, multiple workouts and, and I think opportunities to go down there. Now the, the question is going to be what Nathan Rourke wants to do. You know that the Lions and Amar Dolman are going to make him a, a heck of an offer, but whether or not that's going to be enough um, to keep him here, um, and can they the rip up? But but can they rip up that uh, rookie deal? Because that rookie deal under the new CBA set in stone, apparently. Well, he's well. This is his last year, is it not? No, he's got one more year. This is the first of it. He's oh, got. No, I, I, I think that series is is well. They would have to pick up the option, but they would. 
at the end of this year, they would throw that contract out and negotiate. I there's would no, hope so. Yeah. There's no, there's no question that they're going to tear that up and 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 say, hey, listen, what do you, what do you what does it need? What are you going to need to to stay here? So you know, I mean, he could he could you know if he continues down the path he's going, I mean, he can write his own ticket here. Mm-hmm. But you know, I mean, it's all up to Nathan. And and the thing about it too is that he's not going to discuss that. It doesn't matter what what you say. I mean, he's a, his focus is going to be on this team, and that's going to be something for after the season. But you know, I mean, you and you and I both know, right? Like, quarterbacks are hard to find, oh. right? And if this kid continues to do what he's doing, um, you I mean there's no question that he's going to get an opportunity. Now, what kind of an opportunity is that? Yeah, that's right? what I was going to ask about? you. That's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. Do you take? Okay, so here's a guy. He's in his second year. Okay, first year as a starter. Second year. He's just feeling it. He's in charge of the team. He's a Victoria, B.C. guy. If he's to be believed, then I do believe him. He's a great kid. He he loves the CFL. So you're going to make more money in the NFL, but you may never play. Like, what do you do? Well, that's, do, yeah, and so, you know, it's funny you say that because it was one of the things that we asked him last, last year. Like, when we said, hey, you know what I mean? How's it going? You know, the speed of the game, all that kind of stuff. Like, what's been the biggest adjustment? He said, not playing. I hate not playing. I want to play. So again, to your point, he's not a he, he's a, he's a very very smart kid, and he is going to weigh all of that stuff out. You know, what I mean, if he's going to go down there and someone's going to say, "Yeah, we'll guarantee you a practice roster spot," he's going to say, "Well, why would I do that?" Right? Unless he, you know, what I mean, and the other part of all this uh, ballsy is that you don't know who's watching. You don't know like th- these guys who are evaluating talent all the time. There could be somebody down there with, with all the teams that are down in the NFL. There could be a general manager that's going to see this guy's tape and say, and, and come and see him play probably live and say to himself, I'm, I'm willing to give this kid, you know what I mean, an opportunity. I, I've seen enough. Just like they would if they were scouting a college quarterback, right? That's all the stuff. They're going to, all of their personnel people, and we all know how it works. Scout's going to see him. The scout's going to go to the head scout. The head scout's going to come and they're going to say, hey, listen. You guys need to come and see this kid play. All of a sudden, the assistant general manager or the general manager comes. What they see is, hey, this guy's this guy's impressive. You know what? Let's let's you know put our money where our mouth is because we all think this kid's going to be good. Or it could be, hey, well, let's just give him a chance on the practice roster, see where he takes it. Who knows? But yeah. all those scenarios are on the table. Well, let's enjoy it. Get out and watch the game Friday. It's going to yeah. be a dandy. Can't wait to see you, my friend. Take care. Have a safe yeah. flight in. Okay. I appreciate it, buddy. Look forward to it. Yeah, take care. That is Julio Caravat, a great color commentator of the BC Lions Radio Network. When we come back, we'll do our sports cage, uh, power rankings for the CFL, and uh, get to your sports ticker in a moment. This is the sports cage for spreads.ca on 620 CKRM. 449 with the sports ticker, and it's brought to you by Bronco Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling. They're hiring right now. Starting salary for service technicians is $75,000 plus a signing bonus can give them a call at 781-2090. Canada set to take on Switzerland in the quarterfinal at the World Junior Hockey Championship. Puck drops shortly after 5 o'clock this evening. We'll keep you updated on the score throughout the cage. Riders left tackle Taryn Vaughn and receiver Mitch Picton have been ruled out for Friday night's game versus the Lions. A.C. Leonard, Pete Robertson, Charleston Hughes, and Shaq Evans are listed as questionable. Lions-Riders on Friday. It will be an 8 p.m. kickoff with the pregame show starting at 5 p.m. We'll be talking football, though, starting at 4 on Friday as I will be hosting an hour-long sports cage before countdown to kickoff gets underway.
All right. My Padraiser went in finally. They beat my beat Miami 6 to Are they Miami or Florida? Si- Miami, Miami, yeah. Yep. 6 to 3. And didn't the Blue Jays win today? Yeah, they did. Uh wow. George Springer with his 1000th career hit in the ball game. Break up the Blue Jays. And Andrew Harris is done for the season with that torn pec muscle, yep. maybe his career, I think. Uh, you know, Andrew Harris got caught cheating. A uh, little bit of an arrogant guy. We don't like him in Rider Nation because he was cheater. A, he was always a rider killer, but uh, he was a good football player. I don't man. like cheaters. Oh come on! <laughs> There's a lot more cheaters than you think. Let's just be I honest. I just don't like Andrew Harris. So yeah, okay, I agree. I agree. But yeah. I mean, it was a great running back, no yeah, doubt about yeah, it. He is, I guess. Let's go to our. Uh... <laughs> hey. Uh... Uh, punch up YS61 for me. I forgot to put that on the sheet. Very bad. I was in a meeting for most of the afternoon, and I didn't get the show lined up the well, way I should. Well, it's time for one of these. Yeah. now for another pick six with ballsy and friends as they give their take on six sports topics of the day all right so it's more than six but it's our excuse to do a power ranking here let's go with number nine the cfl ottawa they didn't play last week so they didn't lose that's all i can say about Mm. ottawa so they're number nine you got number nine yeah what do you got at nine uh, I got. I have Edmonton at number nine, oh, okay. man. I really think that Edmonton is the worst team in the league. I would put money on Ottawa and trust Ottawa more than I would Edmonton. Okay. And I know Riders and Elks was a tight game with a weekend. I'm not under a rock, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm taking. Uh, I'm taking Edmonton at number nine. Okay, number eight. Last time Edmonton won a home game was pre-COVID, before COVID. They're 0 for 12. Now, they can change all the players they want, but until you have a quarterback, you aren't winning anything. Mm. Football's geared around offense, period, on both sides of the border. And it starts with a QB. Edmonton needs one, as do probably one, two, three, four, five other teams. <laughs> or five teams in total. So the Elks are number eight. You got Ottawa there? I got I got Ottawa over Edmonton. Just one more reason why. At least Ottawa's games this year, they've been kind of close. They barely lost to the Lions. And by the way, the Lions have blown out the Elks multiple times now. Ottawa also pushed Winnipeg to the brink earlier this uh, this year. I know the circumstances yeah, but, were different back then. But, but Edmonton has one more win. I don't care. Okay. Number seven, Argos. I just can't figure this team out. Or it's quarterback out. McLeod Bethel-Thompson has great stats, but stats are for losers. And he hasn't proven that he's a winner. And now Andrew Harris is out for the season with a torn peck. Mike O'Shea will be coaching the Argos next year. Wow. They're number seven. Wow. I'm going to go with the Ticats at seven because as painful as this is to say, I'd rather have Bethel Thompson and Trevor Harris at the helm than what Hamilton pushes out there on a weekly basis. That quarterback situation is gross. You mean Newman, Schiltz, and Evans? Yeah, that's <laughs> gross. Okay, so uh, I've got the uh, Tiger Cats at six. For once, they rallied late. Instead of blowing a game, they beat Toronto in an ugly one at the donut shop. Dane Evans still has the wonky uh, shoulder, so I'm not buying Tiger Cats stock. They are at six. You got Toronto at I six. I got Toronto at six, and okay. I don't have much to say okay. about that. And number five, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Montreal played Winnipeg tough twice, beating them once. 
I think they're the best team in the CFL's least. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the Alouettes deserve to be at the top of the East. I know record-wise they're not at the top, but large part due to their win over Winnipeg. I know they won because of Winnipeg's crappy kicker. Mark, uh, I don't have a leg, yo, but I'm putting the Owls <laughs> at number five. That's good, man. I like that nickname. Yeah. Very good. You get yourself a booster juice tomorrow yeah. because of that. Thanks, brother. Number four, <laughs> I got the Riders. They're getting healthier. AC's back. Uh, Shaq could be back. Robertson's back. Marino will be back. And they got a road win in Edmonton to end their three-game slide. Now, it was more a paint-by-numbers than a Picasso, as I said, but there's no such thing in my books as an ugly win, especially in Edmonton. I've got the Riders at number four, and I've got the Riders by a touchdown Friday. Paint-by-numbers can be really pretty, though, if you take your time. I bought one once. And I, had a pretty... <laughs> I got the Riders at number four. I think they're locked in that number four spot. I don't see them any way how you can say they're ahead of... Calgary or BC. It's so. close, though. It's, I, got, yeah, 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 it's I got Calgary at three. Bo Levi Mitchell called his team's performance against BC effing terrible. After losing all three of their games they've played against Winnipeg and BC this year, you know Calgary can't be considered a top-two team right now, and maybe not even a top-three team. Like I have them ahead of the Riders just by a sliver, but they mm. won't be after this week. Yeah, I got, I got the stamps at three because those two games that they've played BC so far this year... I've been really, really close. So I got Winnipeg at two, a mistake-filled loss to Montreal. It finally caught up with them. They couldn't escape their mistakes. At least all that unbeaten talk is done in Winnipeg. They're on a bye. They should come back rejuvenated. I think they'll take out Calgary next week. I got Winnipeg at two. You got Winnipeg at two. I got. See, I've been tossing this one around in my head. You know, I... I I feel like I want to put BC at number one because I like their quarterback more, and I just feel like... But at the end of the day, I can't do it. BC's at number two for me. Oh, wow. And I got BC at one. They've been at one for a couple of weeks now. Uh, And the rest of the experts, except for Zinger, are finally catching up to what Ballsy says. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) Uh, That's okay. Welcome to my way of thinking. The BC Lions are the best team in the league for what you said right there. Nathan Rohr can throw them out of a lot of problems. He is the best quarterback in this league, and it's not particularly close. Hard to say or unbelievable to say at the age of 24, but he is. Can I change my pick? Lions are the best team. I want to change my pick. Go ahead. BC's at number one. Yeah. I'm the one who said Nathan Rourke is the best quarterback we've seen in the Canadian Football League for 40, 30 years. So, well, yeah, do you know well, what? I, yeah, oh, yeah, well. Oh, I was yeah, the one well, that guess was a, what? Yeah. I, I was on the Nathan Rourke train before anybody in this country. Oh, yeah, I don't think so. I have been too. <laughs> before Dave Naylor, before Farhan Lalji, before Glenn Suter, before any of them, Michael Ball was talking to Nathan Rourke and and, and yeah, pumping this true. guy's tires. I was. That's true. That's why when I phone him and ask him for an interview anytime, he does not turn me down because he knows who was at the first, who was first in line at the Nathan <laughs> Rourke train station. It was Ballsy in his rider jersey. Is he going to get there. you? Is he going to get you tickets to Lambeau Field to? watch him play live i don't ask him for tickets <laughs> he's gonna be the next quarterback in the minnesota vikings or something like well, that just watch be, you like that no you i like that, that. <laughs> oh, kirk, cousins, kirk cousins won't like that he won't like that anyway when we come back on the other side i think logan bandy's gonna call us uh we'll also nice. hear from mayor uh, mario elford and uh vincent donaldson and much much more this is the sports cage for our friends at uh, spreads.ca on 620 ckrm
Show is brought to you by Spreads.ca. Sign up using the code CKRM and they'll match your first deposit of $25 to $250. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, thanks for making us part of your day. I'm Michael Ball. That's Sean Kleisiger, the great producer on the other side. Our text line is powered by our friends at Capital GMC Buick Cadillac, Saskatchewan's number one GM dealership. Zinger on the text line at 936-6262. What are the sports cage shareholders saying? Curtis is on the text line. He says, so ballsy. Yeah. You just argued the Lions are the best team in the league, yeah. but you have the Riders winning by a touchdown. Yes. Man, I hope you're right, well, Curtis well, says. Well, just because of the best team doesn't mean you they're infallible. You can beat the best team. They have a loss this year to the mm. Blue Bombers. Hey, Rodney and Regina says, Riders versus Lions. Well, I have lots of faith in the Riders in this game, but after the National Anthem plays, I have little hope so basically he's saying once the game starts his hopes out the door that's sad ain't it it is sad it's sad it's sad we're to we're you're supposed to be our 13th man you're our home field advantage and now you don't after the anthem you're done you have no hope <laughs> what yeah kevin in saskatoon uh the scouts need to come and watch bc and riders they will get to see him under pressure uh, yeah, we're going to be all over him. Garrett maybe Marino. Pete, maybe some Pete Robertson out Garrett there. Marino is going to close the interior down, and then those dudes are going to come from the ends. Anthony Lanier will play his regular position. We are going to, and I really think our old line's going to sack up and play a great game this uh, week. Remember what happened to a quarterback the last time Garrett Marino played. Yeah, remember that. You were, Let's hope that doesn't happen. I don't want I'm not saying no, I, want, I I do no, not want that no. to happen. Okay? No, but I I but want him to know he's are, in fans a football are talking game. about it. Fans are talking about it on the text line. I hope saying. we're all over the uh, BC quarterback like these stupid no seems. What is the purpose of these no seem bugs? God, they make you feel like all itchy and stuff. It's yeah, gross. It's, it's true. You got eaten alive <gasps> the other day out, out, uh, at golf the, course. Yeah, it's crazy. Are you okay, by the way? No, I'm not okay. I'm rattled. Okay, let's go out to the Western Pizza Hotline and speak with the outstanding center of your Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Logan Bandy. Logan, you're a lot smarter than me. You got a University of Calgary education. Do you know the purpose of noceums? Because I sure haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> haven't haven't quite been able to figure that one out yet. God, they they make it feel like you're they're crawling all over you and stuff. You know what I'm talking about, right? Those small little bugs. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I kind of learned quick up uh, up here in Saskatchewan about all the bugs. You don't you don't see those in Calgary. You know, it's hilarious you say that because people say like they'll they'll see your car in the summer and they're like, you must have traveled through Saskatchewan. Honestly, like we, uh, a couple of the guys, we were out at the golf course the other day, and, and man, that was, you know, that was the worst I've ever seen those bugs before in my life. Like, were, that was just dreadful. Were you at the alumni golf tournament, or where were you golfing? No, no, we were just over in uh, at Aspen Links there, just out of the out of the city. And you didn't even come by my house and say say hi. I'm on the fourth hole, Logan. You could have come by for an iced tea. Oh. Oh, well, next time we'll make sure Yeah, we next time, a hospitable. I'll, maybe you guys come over for a steak after, and we'll chop it up. How does that sound? That oh, sounds great, as long as I don't send any shots in your backyard, right? <laughs> that's, that's okay. My house is at an angle where you can't hit it. I, I actually could probably make more than a CFL rookie if I just sold all the balls that flew into my backyard. Hey, uh, Logan, how have you found your first year? Probably didn't expect to be playing center right away, but how have things gone for you? No, I mean... Uh... You know, it, it was kind of uh, getting thrown into the deep end there for, for a little bit. But, 
it's been really enjoyable for me. It's been a, a pretty quick learning curve. So, um, you know, I feel really, really good about the way I've been playing and, and good about the way our line has been feeling, you know, this week, especially. So, um, no, it's been a, an interesting experience all around. So Edmonton threw a lot of three-man pressure at you, or a good chunk of three-man pressure. Did that screw you up at all? How does that change how you do things? Yeah, I mean, as soon as you get uh, three-man pressure, the center's taken up every play. So that means, um, you know, if if the ends are on the outsides there, that means the center could be one-on-one with a guy in the middle with lots of space. So, um, And that guy over there, Mac Henry, is a, is a pretty good football player. So... It was it was kind of like a war for me all uh, all game, and you know I feel like I handled myself pretty well. Does the offensive line have something to prove? You've heard the noise outside. I know I've talked to Logan Furland about it, and uh, you guys obviously hear the noise. Uh, do you have something to prove in this game against the BC Lions? Do you feel? Yeah, for sure. I think we we obviously need to be better as a group every week, and and you know um, noise aside, I just think we need to all understand that we need to be better to, to win football games and win big games like this one this week. Was, so. was, uh, was there a message sent? Uh, do you take it as a message when a guy uh, on your offensive line, because it is the, it is the one unit that is a, that is a brotherhood inside of a football team. It's like a business inside of a business. Like my producer and I zinger, we're like our own company inside of a company. We're a team. So you guys are that way in football. When you see a guy like Natai Rogers uh, lose his job, do you guys take that as a message sender or you don't need that type of motivation? Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's motivation. It's, you know, it's tough for us to see our brother lose his job. Cause at the end of the day, you know, he's a, he's a good guy and, you know, no matter what happens on the football field, uh, you care about those people as, as people. So um, we just see it as, you know, uh, an opportunity for someone else, and, and we got to come out and give our best performance this week. So, Logan Bandy, how long have you been playing football for? <laughs> I've been playing for, I would say, about eight years now, nine years. Okay, what got you into the game of football? You know what? I actually, uh, I actually grew up with season tickets to the uh, team in red in, in Calgary there. So, mm-hmm. um yeah, went went with my family to the games and did a couple camps and, and decided and went through the great football program in Calgary there, the the Calgary Mavericks and St. Francis High School and and then moved on to the University of Calgary. So, kind of born born and raised there uh, in their football culture. So, help me out here. Help me out here. I've never been able to figure this out. So, you guys do have a great football program in Calgary. You're a product of it. Mm-hmm. Why can't the Dinos and the Colts be powerhouses almost every year? You got a city of over a million. You got a great football organization there at the grassroots. And the Colts don't have a – one year they're good, three years they're terrible. The Dinos have been pretty steady. Why can't the city of Calgary put two good, solid amateur football teams on the field? Is it because other provinces suck your talent away? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I feel like the Colts have really struggled with their recruiting, and and I know there's a lot of stuff on on the side that you know I can't really comment on that's yep. really affected those teams. And um, I just think it's been unfortunate that they haven't you know gotten the the right coaching. I think Adam Vosetti over there is doing an amazing job. Um, I just hope that they you know are able to get the players and, and the young players to to decide to play for them, and it's a great you know jump from Colts to to Dinos. It's a great way to prepare. So. 
Yeah. Uh, hopefully they can, you know, step up their recruiting game. So uh, we got a good football weekend in Saskatchewan coming up here. It's going to be uh, you guys and the Elks on the 16th of September, and then it's the Thunder and the Hilltops, perennial powerhouses in junior football, one to four, Rams and Huskies, provincial rivals. Uh, you played against both of those teams back in the day when you were in Can West. It's the evening game, so it's football weekend in Saskatchewan. You can go to Riderville.com, click on it, get a three-game bundle, and have yourself a nice setup for football. Just uh, sell the game of amateur football. Football. Some of the best football I've watched, Logan Bandy, games involve the Calgary Dinos and Rams or Huskies or junior football or even high school football. It wasn't even the pros, CFL or NFL. Just sell the amateur game uh, for us. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, you know, especially up here in Canada, when you when you get the college football and the junior football, uh, you're not playing for big scholarships or, or money or anything. You're playing for the people around you and your family and your friends. So, um, the players are always, you know, putting out amazing performances, and it's it's amazing football to watch. Really, um, I'll never forget some of the, you know, amazing semifinal games I had with the Dinos. You know, winning by we won by one point against Manitoba because they went for two on the last play of the mm-hmm. game, and we got a pick. So it's stuff like that that'll stick with you forever, and and I hope that the fans enjoy the football as well. What's been the biggest transition from Calgary Dinos football to being right in the heart, and the heartbeat of any football team is that offensive line. You're the quarterback. What's been the biggest difference for you? I think it's just that. It's, you know, at, at the Dinos, you're the quarterback, but it's not quite the same. It's For, for here, it's, you know, you make all the calls, and, and everything's really dependent on, on what I call and what I ID. So um, that's been a big adjustment for me, and I feel like of. You know, it was a, a very steep learning curve after that first game in Montreal, so uh, I feel like I've adjusted pretty well. Have you converted the family to green and white now? Like, they're, they're, they're cheering when it's bring them out, bring them out. Have they been to games? Oh, man, it's been pretty amazing, actually. I, uh, my, my 80-year-old grandpa has been out to uh, a couple games. He was just in Edmonton for this last one, so nothing will beat, you know, seeing a smile on his face, and he's got his Bandy 69 jersey in green, so... Yeah, uh, it's pretty amazing. Is that number important to you? Does that have significance for you? Oh, it's just when I got to the UFC, it was it was the number that was in my locker, so I've I kind of stuck with it. Really, yeah, to be honest with you. So, what's it mean to you? To, you know, you you grew up a Stampeders fan. What's it mean to you? Is it still weird to be a professional football player for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders? Yeah, I mean it's it's not something I I think I would have imagined as a kid. Um, I think if you would have said it to me when I was growing up, I would have laughed, but. Um, now I wouldn't really want to be anywhere else now that I've seen what it's like here and how passionate the fans are and you know how great the football is. So um, it's pretty amazing to think about, really. Yeah, it's, I'm glad you brought that perspective in from Alberta because I don't think people really realize to, it's just different here in this place, isn't it? It is. I mean, like I've seen a couple games in, in the U.S. and really on game day it feels like uh, an NFL game when you're when you're pulling up to the stadium and you see the fans out and the the party in the park and you know when when the fans are wearing their jerseys all across the city and you know you got fans all across the country really and and throughout the province of Saskatchewan it's just different than anywhere else. Ed Jeff Hecton the former Stampeder Blue Bomber won a great cup in both of those cities was a Saskatchewan Rough Rider he said the one thing the CFL is forgetting is the C in the CFL the Canadian in the CFL I think it's so great how do you feel as a Canadian when you see guys like your teammate Kean Schaefer Baker or even the guy across from you you're not playing against him per se but Nathan Rourke who's taken this league by storm obviously you don't want him to take it by storm on Friday you want to smoke them and I hope you do I think the riders will win but 
you know, just to be a Canadian and see some of these Canadian football players rise to the occasion. And how important is it for you to kind of be a role model? I want to be the next Logan Bandy, so to speak. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's pretty amazing to see how far football is really coming in Canada. You know, you got players like Dean Leonard and Chuba Hubbard going down in the NFL from, mm-hmm. from these minor uh, minor league uh, teams in, in Alberta here. So, um, you know, there's great countries, or sorry, there's great players all over the country, and you know, more players going down to NCAA programs, and to now see all these Canadians in the CFL really making a difference. You know, not just being that ratio player. It's it's a huge huge thing for youth football, and I hope that you know all the kids and young players out there really see that and think that they can you know, be the same. Yeah, it's, it's it's amazing you mentioned Dean Leonard, a guy that played for the UFC, but he'll probably get more notoriety because he went to Old Miss, but he was a good player for the UFC, got good coaching there. Tavon Campbell, another guy that played for the Rams, he's down there on the same team with uh, Dean Leonard with the Los Angeles Chargers. Okay, back to uh, you, Logan, before I let you go. What is going to be the key to beating the BC Lions? For you guys on offense, what do you think it is? Yeah, I think uh, we just need to be really efficient with what we're doing uh, up front. We know we, we know we have to communicate really well, and you know we have uh, some new some new guys at tackle, and you know this is the first time I'm seeing the Lions this year, so uh, we just got to make sure that we're talking through everything, and and we know the guys around us are going to execute. So uh, for us to be successful, we just need to make sure that we're doing the little things and, and working on what we practice all so, week. Sorry, I didn't ask you this, but uh, how are you feeling after COVID? Did you have a bad spell with it? No, I wasn't bad at all. Actually, I was, you know, sick for for a day, and then more just disappointed that I couldn't be with the boys. So, mm-hmm. hey, uh, lastly, I'm sure happy that you're Calgary Flames because I'm. I think I'm right when I say you're a Calgary Flames fan, right? Like you were a hockey guy until uh, you got turned right. on to football, right? So, what Iggy was yeah, your? I'm, I'm, I'm a I'm a pretty big Calgary Flames fan. Yeah, yeah. I will be for life. So, were so you mad when Kachuk and Goudreau left? You know what? I think the uh, the Goudreau one really hurt, just because you know. Um, just losing a guy to free agency like that is, is super tough. You know, you, I understand where he's coming from, but uh, I feel better about the Kachuk one. I feel like he was a bit overrated as a player anyway, so uh, to get that package back is, is huge, and I think, you know, the Flames got some difference makers there, but I think they're going to really miss you know what Goudreau brought to the team for sure. Yeah, no, I'm happy that uh, I'm happy that you guys did get uh, Mackenzie Weger and Jonathan Huberto. I'm I'm very happy because now you have no excuse when we crush you again, the Edmonton Oilers. Okay. <laughs> I'm not. Too, I'm not too sure about that, but I guess we'll see. <laughs> Don't come to my house for a steak during hockey season, okay? <laughs> hey, hey, man. Good luck in the game on Friday. We're cheering for you, okay? Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Logan Bandy joining us here on the Western Pizza Hotline. A good kid in the middle of that Riders offensive line. When we come back, we'll speak with the police chief, Evan Bray. He's going to make the picks. It's the CFL Celebrity Pick segment, week number two. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Show is brought to you by spreads.ca. You can continue texting us at 936-6262, but it's something now... We started a week ago. Chris Getzlaff was our first one in the hot seat. It's called Celebrity CFL Picks. We get a celebrity to come in and uh, make the weekly picks for the CFL games. And today joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline is our great 
Police Chief Evan Bray. How many years have you been doing this job now? Hey, listen, you're stretching it if you're using the word celebrity. I can tell you that right now. (laughs) Come on, man. People that are Ryder fans, diehard Ryder fans, would know that you were the uh, voice of Rough Rider football for a number of years, public address announcing, my friend. Yeah. You know, it's funny. The other day someone was asking me, when did you do that? And I said, well, let me put it into context for you. My go-to line was, Gary and Durant's pass complete to 83, and he's fan twos. Yeah, you were in that, a... G- that'll tell you the era that I yeah. was in the broadcast. That was one of the best errors in, in Ryder history, actually, when you think about it, right? Yeah, some good... Uh, well, Chris Getzlaff was, of course, one of the team then, too. So, yeah, yeah, good, yeah. Uh, it was a good time. That was sure. awesome, man. Yeah, people don't know. You had a background in radio and media, and then uh, you went on to that, and then you went on to be a poli- uh, police officer and now chief of police. How many years for you now? Six years since she. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so, so goes by quick. Yeah, I want to get into the the actual uh, thing I had you on for, but I got to bring something up here, man. I was uh, I was walking around in downtown Regina. This isn't meant to be funny. I want to get your thoughts on this. Now, yeah. this doesn't have like it has something to do with police service, but not per se. But I'm I'm sure you have a comment on it. I saw four people in downtown Regina, uh, probably a week ago, like just laying on the street or laying on the grass. One lady at the Tim Hortons on Broad Street, her body was in the parking lot and her head was resting on the curb like it's a pillow, like on the sidewalk, like it was a pillow. And it's just sad, like the homelessness in this city and, and the poverty, that's uh, that's tough, man. That leads, you know, not in all cases, but, you know, you see some 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 terrible things going on because of that. Yeah, it's a, it is a big problem and it's it's gotten worse over the last year or two. Um, and I think we're seeing, you know, it's it's not hidden. It's very, very much out in front, and it's something that we see. So there is a lot of work that's going on right now to try and to dig into some of these issues that, that really are causing the social problems. And I think homelessness is a good indication. People often that, that uh, are experiencing homelessness also have, you know, in some cases they've got some mental health issues. In some cases uh, there could be some addiction issues. So it's it's more than just trying to find a home. It's finding supports to help them through whatever challenges that they might have. Dude, I'm driving uh, uh, west on Victoria Avenue, um, uh, right by the Leader Post building, and I'm going west into town about 4.30 the other day. And so uh, in the eastbound lane, a car passes me going the same way as me. This lady is yelling into her cell phone. So we're going neck and neck down the road. She gets to our cola and she turns left and goes the the wrong way down that street too. And I'm thinking, oh, oh my God. And then I saw a cop car go by. So I'm pretty sure that they were hot on her heels. Yeah. But I'm like, you guys, you see all types and all kinds of things, don't you? Yeah, no, for sure. It's it's busy. It was a busy day today talking with the officers that were out, out on the street. You know, it just there really isn't a, a slow time. It seems like even a, a weekday can be a very busy, busy time in the city for sure. So I'm always very appreciative of those frontline officers that do incredible work every day in our community. Yeah, for sure. This is the police chief, Evan Bray. He's going to do some CFL picks for us. But one more thing. Let's go to football here as it relates to your officers. Uh has their job changed easier, harder at the new stadium as opposed to the old stadium? I feel like people were, this is how I like it. I grew up in Glencairn, so I could say this, but you, you have an older home, okay? You have an older home. Maybe you're not as, um, you're not as nice with it. You don't care if there's a few dings in the wall and stuff where you, you move into your, your fancy new home, pick an area, and you're a little bit more cautious. Are, are fans a little more tamer there as it relates to uh, your work as police officers? 
Yeah, you know, I think there's a couple of things that I would say. I mean, number one, you know, we as a city, I think we're very in a community. We're very proud of the new stadium, and and rider fans from across the province are proud of the of the new stadium. And so I think there's a respect there. But I also think that you know, number one, we we did a lot of consultation to help with traffic to try and get traffic flowing well. Mm-hmm. Now. If you're caught in a traffic snarl after the game, you may think, well, you didn't consult enough. But <laughs> there, there was, you know, there was a lot of thought that was put into that. And even the security at the rider games, like there's a lot more vigilance in, in terms of trying to make sure that it's safe to begin with rather than waiting for something to, to erupt during the game. So, you know, I, I think generally speaking, it the, the experience is great. It's a great family experience at the rider games and uh, our service is, is proud to be there and part of it all right so let's get to our picks here uh, we got four games on the docket the first one i'll get you to pick here the uh, edmonton elks against the ottawa <laughs> red blacks that yeah. is the toilet bowl if i've ever seen one uh, you might yeah. have to be drunk to watch that one uh who do you got in that one well yeah it's kind of the battle of the basement but you know i mean i watched a bit of the uh, uh obviously i saw the elks play last last yeah. uh, weekend and and uh you know what? I'm going to go with the Elks, and I'm doing that mostly on coaching. I mean, I maybe I'm just more familiar with some of the coaches that are in Edmonton, but I feel like both teams obviously struggling this year. But I've got the Elks. Okay, pick is there? Okay, uh, that's a good call. I I would have them too. The uh, CFL. We'll leave the Ryder game to last. The CFL least, as I like to call it, Hamilton at Montreal. I think Montreal. <laughs> all of a sudden, Montreal's the class of the East. I think. Yeah, kind of goofy, and and I know that those two teams are jockeying for playoff positions. I mean, both of them, you know, they're in the middle of the standings in the East, but they're a lot lower than most of the teams in the West, which is the case this year. The West teams are are fairly strong again, but uh, I've got the Ticats. I don't really have a reason for it other than that. That's a gut feeling, Ballsy. Okay, Saturday at 2, that's that game. Okay, and then uh, we wrap up the week with Calgary at Toronto. Bo Levi Mitchell said after the last game, and I quote, we were effing terrible. So uh, Calgary against Toronto, no Andrew Harris. He is done for the year and maybe his career. So who do you got in that one? Well, I think you've kind of set it up nicely for me. I mean, number one, the Argos have some injuries that are going to hurt them. There's no question about that. Calgary's loss was a tough one to BC last week. I mean, they could have and should have probably won that game. So they're going to be hungry after that loss. So uh, this in no way means that I'm endorsing the Stamps any further than picking them because I'm not a Stampeder fan, but uh, I'm going to go with the Stamps. All right, man. Awesome. And lastly, the BC Lions and Saskatchewan. Before I ask you for a pick, just your comments on Nathan Rourke. Isn't it fun to watch this kid? Yeah, well... He's actually the the only reason that that I'm, I'm you know I'm I've got some concern about what this game is going to be like. Um, he is really fun to watch. You know he was on TV being interviewed there last week, and my wife said like, "How old is this guy? He looks like he's 15 years old. He's he's just a young looking guy, but he is uh, you know." He's kind of one of those guys, he's kind of the complete package, and, and so, I mean, he's got a bright future, there's no doubt about it. I'm already seeing the, you know, people speculating online, is he heading to the NFL in a year, or what's going to be happening there, but mm-hmm. he's definitely a force to be reckoned with. But, you know what, I think it's going to be a very offensive game, probably a high-scoring game. I, I thought Fajardo looked great uh, last week, he was able to run the ball, mm-hmm. um, you know, coming back here, there there wasn't a lot of rust, so... 
I'm picking the riders. Ballsy, I can't not pick the riders, uh, but I truly think it's it's a game they can win. Okay, good, man. I, I, I got the riders by seven. So uh, with that in mind, before I let you go, <laughs> tying it into what you guys do for a living, it's an 8 o'clock game on a Friday night in the summer in Saskatchewan, and the riders just beat the best team in the CFL. Let's go with that scenario. Yeah. Are, is your staff on high alert after a game <laughs> like that? Well, we are, but we also want people to rejoice and have fun. Like, let's uh, let's celebrate. It's, uh, you know, do what you need to do to celebrate. Let's just be safe about it. So our officers aren't there to to stop the celebrations. We're there just to make sure everybody's safe. And let's hope we do have reason to celebrate. All right, so let's go through it here. Spreads.ca, our sponsor, the police chief, former public address announcer for the Riders, has the Elks, has the Riders, has the Tiger Cats, has the Stamps. Bet your entire mortgage on it because the police chief said so, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I usually don't even make a $2 bet, so you know, I don't know if I'd go as far as to say a mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, my friend. Thanks for coming on. Okay. Appreciate Thank that. You. That is uh, Evan Bray, our police chief. Week number two of our celebrity CFL picks. That's a fun segment. When we come back, Mike Mediacula used to be my teammate. He is uh, going into the plaza tomorrow, as a matter of fact. We'll talk to him about that in a moment here on the Western Pizza Hotline on the Sports Cage for Spreads.ca on 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the Sports Cage. We're going to pick the score in a little bit here. Do we have him on the line there, Zinger? No, we do not have him on the line. Okay. We'll try to get a hold of him in a few minutes. Let's uh, let's do pick the score, Zinger. Hang up on Mike McCullough. He's got family in, so hopefully we get a hold of him. If we don't get a hold of him today, we definitely will have him tomorrow because they're having a media conference. Mike McCullough, Weston Dressler, and Ken Miller are uh, going into the plaza tomorrow. Uh, I'll be there to emcee it. My first time. Got to go pick my suit up from Colin O'Brien's man shop. Um, yeah, pick the score. We're going to pick the score coming up here right now. 936-6262 in town, toll free, out of town, 1-866-767-0620. You call in, pick the score. We don't care if you pick the lines or the riders. And then uh, you'll get two tickets to the game automatically, and you'll be entered into a sweet experience at a rider game in 2023. Plus, if you're closest to picking the score for this week, you will get a $200 gift card from SaskTel. Okay, let's go to the phones on the fly, shall we? Let's do that. Uh, hi, 620C Karim, the sports cage. Who's this? Bruce. Hey, Bruce. How you doing, man? Good. What are you doing today, Bruce? I'm combining. Oh, where are you combining? Frontier, Saskatchewan. And what are you combining? Lentils. Lentils. How are they looking? Fair. Okay, so uh, is it? Is it? Listen, I'm a city guy. I think bread comes from the shelves in the store. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. But is is it too much rain? Is it not enough rain? Not enough rain. Not enough rain where you are, because it seems like every time I open my eyes, it's raining out in White City and in Regina here. So, uh, yeah, that's so just fair then. Do you do you uh, do you have any other crops besides lentils? Yeah, we've we've got uh, durum, uh, some triticale, and some barley. So, is the you the thing in Ukraine is it affected prices in your favor or not? Not yet. No, we haven't seen that. Are you one of those guys that has like eight million bins and you just sit on all your crops until the till the prices go in your direction? No, no. I, I, I'm actually I'm a retired bounty that got in got in farming as a hobby farm and it's kinda 
expand it. Okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Just wait a minute. How are you a hobby farmer? Like a hobby is shooting or <laughs> roller skating or what? You're hobby farming? You don't hobby. Who has a hobby? Who wants stress? Hobby farming? Well, I grew up with it as a kid, and uh, we, we came back to to the farm, to the area I grew up in. Yeah, and we bought a neighbor out, and uh, it, it's uh, and gone that, from a small farm to yeah, 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 yeah. I know how I know how I know how this is, Bruce. You just say you're a hobby farmer because you don't want to admit to anybody that you're a farmer. That you're that 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 not that farming's bad. I love farming. At the end of the day, when we talk about minerals and resources and all this other crap in Saskatchewan, it always comes back to the farmers. The farmers get us through. In fact, we used to trade wheat for tickets at Ryder games back in the day. I don't know if you remember that, but that that did happen back in the day. Oh, I'm older than you are, and I do remember that. And I, I, I remember the lotteries and, and uh, everything, yes. Yeah, that's why I have to laugh when some... No disrespect to the fans. They pay their money uh, and everything like that. But, uh, but Bruce, I mean... We're, we're mad because we didn't destroy Edmonton in Edmonton? I remember years where we couldn't even get within two touchdowns in Edmonton in Edmonton. I know, I know. And, and that's the thing about uh, Fajardo. Everybody criticizes him, but he wins. Like, look at his record. Well, Bruce, if you're older than me, you left stadiums going, huh, with Linecaster as the quarterback, where you're like, how did we win? Like, we were getting our butts kicked for three quarters. He's throwing interceptions left and right. And at the end of the day, Ronnie would lead the team back to win. Yeah, but he had George. Yeah, that's right. Ronnie and George, for sure. Okay, so Bruce, what's the score going to be on Friday? 28-21 for the Riders. 28-21? Yep. Okay, and so Bruce, congratulations. You've got two tickets to a Ryder game. You're in it for a sweet experience to be like a big shot, and that'll uh, be uh, next year. And if you're closest to picking the score here this week and we, we choose you, you'll get a $200 gift card from Sastel. Thanks for taking time out of the, the combining of the lentils. Good luck with the crop, and we'll talk to you later. Where do I pick the tickets You up? will get the information right here from my buddy Sean Kleisinger, the brains of the operation on the other side of the glass, okay? Okay. Thanks, man. When we come back, we'll hear from Mike McCullough. Uh, Mike Media Cullah going into the Plaza of Honor tomorrow. This is the Sports Cage for Spreads.ca on 620 CKRM. And we are back with the sports ticker. It's 542 here on this mighty fine Wednesday. The sports ticker... Is for Bronco Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling. Their hiring starting salary for service technicians is $75,000 plus a nice juicy signing bonus. You can give them a call at 781-2090. All right, we got quarterfinal hockey underway right now. Team Canada leads Switzerland 4-2 to so far. So we'll keep you updated throughout the show here. Ask me if I care. Hey, do you care about this hockey game going on right now? Didn't even have the TV on. I forgot all about it. (laughs) Oh, come on, man. It's summer. Who's watching hockey? I'll watch for Bedard because he's a stud and he's must-watch. But other than that, come on. What are we doing You are a boss, man. What are we doing here? Like, seriously. Anyway, uh, let's head out on the uh, Western Pizza Hotline. This guy's a Plaza of Honor inductee, so he's big-timing me now. Wouldn't answer the phone right away. Mike McCullough, how are you? 
Hey, sorry, I was uh, cooking dinner for the fam and totally yeah. forgot I had steaks in the barbecue. My uh, bad. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot. You probably your flip phone didn't work. I thought. Thought maybe you finally. Oh, no, it was there, up. but it was using as part of my timer for the steaks. You know, it's all, <laughs> it's all down to the second. So sorry, I didn't even know it was calling through. I had I had some serious red meat on the grill. That's awesome, man. Okay, so Mike McCullough, uh, you got the family, and who's in for the big day tomorrow? I got uh, my mom came in, my dad came in, and my boy Scotty Gordon, number twenty six for his safety, is coming in tomorrow. Love Scotty Gordon. Is he still in the Ottawa area? Yeah, he's Ottawa. Yeah. So was he your best friend in football? He's my boy. Yeah. What What made you guys kindred spirits in football? I have no idea. Just he was a year ahead of me, and I came in. He kind of showed me the ropes, but he's also just beyond chilled, exact opposite of me. So I think I got some of his traits, and he took some of mine. <laughs> you mean you're not a chill guy? Um, I'm, I I like to go. I don't like to sit and and just ruminate and think about things. I like just to go, go, go. It's awesome. Well, when you have uh, all these kids in your house, of course you're gonna go, yeah. go, go. And, I mean, Scotty. Scotty's got four girls too, so he's just wow. That's good. Yeah. That's cool, man. You guys are a couple. Well, I could call you a Western producer now because you live in the West. He doesn't. So exactly. there. Four, hey, four of my five were born in the West. So think about that. Think about that for a second, okay? Uh, when you first got here, could you have ever imagined you'd stay in little old Regina this long and uh, then uh, stay here after and now go into basically their Hall of Fame? No, not at all. I mean, I, could, I remember my first training camp, the rookie camp, just trying to survive it and get through it and not know what the hell I was doing. So it was, yeah, no, it's crazy. And it, and it went fast. You know, looking back and during it, it felt like it went fast. But, yeah, I still remember a lot of this stuff pretty well. Man, I... One thing I like about you is that you're a straight up dude. Like you will say it straight as up, ballsy. You are straight no, up. no, no. You are. You'll say it as it is. You, you, you always know how Mike McCullough's feeling. That's what I like because I'm kind of like that myself. Uh, where'd you no, get? No, no, you don't ruffle feathers ever. <laughs> Where did you get that from? Uh, you know what? It's just I think it just got to with everything I've been through with my son. I just I don't have time for crap. You know what I mean? And I don't I don't put up with it. I just I just move along. So I mean. I've dealt with the worst and everything else. I'm just like, ah, it's garbage. I don't care. Like, I don't, if you, you know, your dog died, I feel bad. I don't care though. Like, let's go move on. We got to, we got to roll. We got mm-hmm. things to do here. No, no. And I get that, man. I couldn't, I, I haven't walked a mile in your shoes for sure. How much are you going to be thinking about your son tomorrow? A lot. Yeah. I got him, you know, all my kids will be there. And so I'll, he'll definitely in the back of my mind. And, you know, it's just, no matter what you do, there's always, there's always something missing. As good as everything is, there's always just a little something not right. So it's still going to be great, and we're just going to have a blast and have fun. But just in, there's always that one little part that's just not quite right because the family's not complete. Yeah, I wanted to ask yeah. you that, man. And I know I can ask you this because we are friends. This I always hear are this. We? Oh, my God. You're just showing that word around very liberally. Well, aren't we friends? Sure. I thought we were friends, man. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> hey, I get <laughs> I get to cut you down tomorrow if I want. I know. Uh, I can't wait because uh, then I get to cut you down. Yeah, but, I mean, if I cut you down any farther, you'll, be, you'll disappear. What are you, 4'11"? So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, look at you throwing them around my You're height. Starting, buddy. Already starting. <laughs> okay, no, I just want to say this: does 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 time heal all wounds? No, you just you just learn how to adapt. It doesn't heal. No, it just you just adapt and you move on. And it's like kind of taking a you know uh, taking a left when you were going straight. Now you got to take a left, and it's still there all the time. And I, I hate that term. It doesn't makes no sense to me, and it's not true.
Yeah, no, that's I, I no. always I always wanted to ask you that uh, on the air. Oh, yeah, I know yeah, I know no, I know I've asked you that I, I've asked you that off the air, and it's uh, yeah I, I can't imagine that it does. Uh, how much? No. Uh, give a shout out to your wife. I we're we're good friends. I don't know if you know this, Laura and I are friends. Yeah, I know you're constantly texting my wife. It's starting to concern me. <laughs> well, because you don't text me back because you've never sent a text. That's the only reason. Uh, well, well, <laughs> based off of how many times you text my wife, if I did text, I would never get anything done because you would text me relentlessly. So hey. I'm glad I don't text. I feel like. We'd be dating. <laughs> well, like, I don't. I don't. Like a twelve-year-old girl who just got her first iPhone. I don't want to start a rumor, uh, but just give me a shout out. Uh, it takes a it takes a family behind you because you're a busy dude, man. When you're playing football, oh, yeah. just to give your wife out a, a shout out here on the radio because she deserves a lot of credit. Oh yeah, Laura. She kept she keeps everything in line. I mean, she was had you know five kids all within six years while I was playing. So I mean, just think of that. We had. I think four or five different size stacks of diapers in every bathroom in the house. And it was just a scene. So I, I don't know how she did it. Like I'd go to football and be like, Oh God, yeah, I can take a breath now, but she never <laughs> had that ability or opportunity. And she held it together and she was great. And she still is. So yeah, she's, she's the glue. I'm just the, the hyper hypo and she keeps everything rolling smoothly. Uh, tell, quickly tell us the story about the time. Uh, it was a great cup, right? When you had, when you had a, your, your wife had a child and you were rooming with Schultz. Tell us that story again. Uh, yeah, a brief version, just, yeah, he wasn't due until, uh, it's my second son, Joe, wasn't due until, I think, December, but we played, what, on the 24th, uh, that year, and so he was, uh, no, sorry, the 25th, and he was born the 24th, so went to labor, started going to labor on the Saturday before the big game in Toronto, our first great cup, and I tried to get home, and Ken Austin was great letting me go home, but, uh, it just wouldn't have worked, like, it would have been home for, like, three or four hours and came back, so she just said stay do your thing and she basically gave birth over the phone while i was sitting there in the room with Chelsea, who was pacing like a, like the nervous dad basically in his boxer shorts for three and a half hours so <laughs> it was not not exactly the most beautiful scene i'm staring at Chelsea half naked walking around my hotel room my wife's giving birth but it happens that's hilarious i love it man okay uh, and that's why your wife's cool she put rider nation ahead of a birth that's your wife should be in the plaza yeah. she should be in the plaza she uh, gave birth i think around i think three o'clock or something mid-afternoon Saturday before the great cup and she convinced the whole like she convinced her nurse and doctors to let her out the next morning which wasn't the case so she basically gave birth and was out about 14 hours later <laughs> wow she had one more she, she she had one more completion than dinwiddie did that day oh day it was close it was closer than it should have been <laughs> okay so uh lastly before i let you go just a word on the two guys going in with you you couldn't go in with two better dudes let's start with oh. the coach ken miller I know. Kenny, Kenny's the best. I mean, he's just like, everybody loved him, respected the heck out of him. And to have, you know, going with him is awesome. You know, one of my favorite coaches of all time at any level. Um, and then Dressler. I mean, I kind of wish Dressler didn't go in because he's such a big cheese. Now it's like, no one really cares about me or Miller, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, Dressler's the man. I mean, he's one of the greatest teammates I've ever had. Honestly, probably one of the top three football players I've ever played with. And he, in my mind, one of the top riders in cfl history i mean he's and i think a future cfl hall of famer i mean the guy was you know five foot six and 155 pounds soaking wet and got ten thousand yards i don't think there's any other person in on the earth who could do that i i absolutely agree with you man he was the version of wes welker here in the uh, you know a wes welker type of guy here yeah, yeah. wes welker's also about 190 195 pounds i mean yeah they fought to stay at over or uh stay at 160 yeah, like, think about that. I mean, my son, who's fourteen, is one hundred and sixty-five pounds. <laughs> like, I mean, I, and I'm not making a joke. It's it's incredible. That, and that he is. Have very big hands, but the way, like I said, tell, I tell all the kids I coach flag. If you ever can watch Dresser play, every catch he makes, there's no sound. It's like he's catching footballs with a pillow. It's, it was unbelievable. Even practice, there was no sound. I couldn't get over it.
Well, I'll tell you what, man. Uh, what did you think when this guy came to camp uh, back oh, in the nothing. day? Oh, nothing. We just thought he was a camp body, right? Like he was. I mean, he looked like he honestly looked twelve. I mean, and he still is young looking, but he's so you know petite then, and he didn't really think much of him. He saw something in camp, and then when the game started, like Jesus, guy's got something. And then he, you know, click went down and got his career fired up, and he got rookie of the year that year, if I'm not mistaken, in the CFL. So mm-hmm. I mean, the guy never looked back. I think with Dresser, you know. I think people always understated him or underestimated him, and only the smart ones would do it once. You know, other people did it more than once and would get burned. Yeah, and one of the best things you could say about Dress is that you thought he was Canadian. <laughs> yeah, everybody did. Yeah, well, I mean, because he had the Canadian Air Force, right? You had Dagger and Getsy Santus, and everybody just assumed that Dresser was king. He's, you know, okay, Air Force, yeah, Dresser. And, oh, he's not Canadian? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's funny, man. Well, hey, I knew you'd get in one year. Uh, you're a great guy, both on and off the field. Can't wait to see you tomorrow. Congratulations. We'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, buddy. Don't yeah, take it easy on me. All right, I'm gonna be oh, back tomorrow. No, I'm gonna be nice, man. Yeah, I don't want to make you cry. I don't want to make you cry. Take care. Oh no, oh, yeah, you can't. But anyway, <laughs> good luck. Good luck. <laughs> take care, buddy. <laughs> See ya. That's Mike McCullough, our old teammate here on 620 CKRM. When we come back, we'll hear from Mario Alford, and uh, yeah, we'll get to. Uh, Oh, we got no more breaks. That's right. We don't. I, I, I jammed out early. So let's uh, get to Mario Alford. Can we do that, the Zinger? Can you find that for me on the sheet? Uh, Mario Alford, who has had a missed field goal return for a touchdown and a kickoff return for a touchdown last week that was really the game changer. It, there was a touchdown. Ryder scored a field goal. Um, Edmonton would come down and get a 26-yard touchdown from Taylor Cornelius through the backdoor run. And then... A kickoff to uh, Mario Alford, and he takes it all the way back for a 98-yard touchdown, and it got the Riders to a 21-17 lead. Only, I think it's three other guys in CFL history have a missed field goal return, a kick return, and a punt return for a touchdown. He just needs a punt return. It'd be nice to see him do it against the BC Lions. We caught up with Mr. Alford after practice. But I'm coming in, I'm motivated, I'm confident, so... That's a big part of my game is playing confidence. So I'm just, just ready to get it going. BC has actually kind of struggled on their special teams. So how are you going to outdo them then? Um, I guess we'll see. You know, when they, they feel like you're a great returner, they kind of turn things up a little and change the game plan. So we'll see how they come. And I just adjust to them. We'll adjust to them. Hey, when you ripped off a few big, massive runs this year, at what point uh, when you see maybe a layout of what the special teams defenders are giving you, do you decide I'm going to run this or I'm not going to run this? Um, that's a good question. No, I really just I just go with my instincts. Really, it's just an instinct thing. And uh, we draw it up during the week, and um, we expect to execute it. So um, it been it been good to us so far. So we're just going to keep trying to go with the game plan. What they show me and what what my instinct come this week. So we'll see. How big was it to get a return after you know you had a miscue early on in July, in late July, running out of the end zone? Uh, yeah, it's it's real big, man. That just goes to show you the work you know from from my guys, like far as the special teams players and myself. I don't want to take all the credit because it take you know all the the other eleven guys. So we all put it together and um we got it done. So we're just gonna keep getting better. Does it take a few weeks as a return to get comfortable with the rest of the special teams units? No, it don't. As a returner, it, it'd rather go right or left or middle, so it's it's really not hard at all. No, no riders returned a punt in this field goal and a kickoff return. There's only been four guys who've done it in the CFL. Is that a goal for yours to get that third that third part of the head? Oh yeah, for sure. And then uh, I think punt return was my my most favorite out of all of them. So I hope hopefully that's that's that happened this game. So 
we'll see and like what they call it the trifecta that's what i heard so hopefully hopefully we can get that done why is the punt return your favorite sorry oh uh, it's just more space you you back there by yourself kind of thing and you get to kind of do do what you want to do a little bit okay we talked to the trifecta we talked to duke about his celebration so if you do get the trifecta what's your celebration gonna be um i don't know I, if we down here in the, the power counter i'll probably just Take a picture with the fans or something. <laughs> Just jump over there and take a picture with. That's no, probably. No, no, no request. I'll probably give somebody the ball. And... All right, that's Mario Alford. Mario Alford. Sorry, Mario Alford. Riders' great kick returner. It's a great addition for a late draft pick a few weeks ago, giving uh, Jamo Jamal Morrow some uh, some fresh legs, a break, a hit or two, uh, a blow or two, as they like to say. But then this guy. Uh, a couple of big blows on a missed field goal return against Toronto, and then last week against Edmonton. We'd love to see him complete, as he said, the trifecta and have a punt return for a touchdown. Our text line brought to you by Capital GMC Buick Cadillac. Zinger, what do we got? We got Darren on the text line wondering, is Ballsy suffering from PMS today? Why? I don't know. There's no context along with it, so Ballsy, are, are, are you? I don't know. Is there something you have to tell us? No. No, I've been hurt. Uh, listen. You haven't gu- been too gu- heated today. No, guy, like- guys guys wouldn't be able to stand pre-menstrual uh, syndrome. That wouldn't happen. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Curtis is on the text line. He says the Riders are going to win on Friday 34-24. to 24. So I'm gonna. Uh, so I'm going to write that. I'm gonna write that down right yeah, here. Thirty-four twenty-four. I got the riders. Uh, I got the riders. Yeah, ooh. I got the riders. Twenty-eight. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. Twenty-eight twenty riders. Okay. He, do you know what? It's time for my pick. Okay. Okay. Can oh, I can oh, I do oh, my pick right now? Everybody, the great singer with his pick. Yeah. Go ahead. Every everybody everybody tune in here because this is how it's gonna happen. Gather round. On Friday night at Mosaic Stadium, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are going to come away with a 29-27 to win. Last-second field goal from Brett Lother. Yeah? 29-27. to Okay, if you're going to get that meticulous, how, how long's the kick? Uh, which, which way are we kicking it to? It's going to be going towards uh, the south end zone. Okay. So the, the 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 end zone, the Pill Country end yeah, zone, yeah. and uh, the kick is going to be. I'm getting my brain waves working. I'm seeing the future. The field goal is going to be 46 yards. 46 left yarder. hash. Left hash. He's 24 of 28 on the year kicking field goals. Left hash out of the hold of Corey Vedvik. Could left you, hash. Could you imagine if that happened? Oh, my God. We better buy oh, a lottery ticket. Oh, my God. Can you imagine how I'm going to lose my voice if that happens? No, man. Save yourself for that one. you got to yeah. save at least oh. a be- an ounce of energy because you do know this yeah. is going to happen, right? That's how the game is going to end well, you... because I am a smart individual, and I know how this is going to happen. <laughs> wow, look at you. Yeah. It all, all sure of yourself. Okay, so Zinger picked it. I got the Riders by a touchdown. Zinger's got the Riders by two. Uh, what was that guy's name that picked at 34-24? His name was Bruce, and the thing I love about no, my- Bruce, Bruce had 28-21, but there was another guy there. You said just pick 34-24. Oh, I, uh, what are you who, brain dead? Yeah, what is it? Yeah. My, I'm so. Do you know it takes a lot of brain waves to 
you know, predict what I just predicted, okay. Ballsy. Show some respect, okay, sorry. man. And the thing I love about my score, by the way, is it's a nice CFL score. A 29 to 27. Ah. Right? You know, slipping a couple singles here and there, you know. Yeah, got yeah. it out. Yeah, you'll see. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> you'll see. <laughs> you never did get me who said 34-24. Uh it was Trevor. Okay, Trevor. Well, don't look at me like I don't know. You're the one that spouted it off. Yeah, I think... But... You and I need counseling. That's why people say I got PMS, because we're fighting. Do you know what? It's one of those numbers where I know this number is a certain guy's name, but it's not actually... His name's not entered in there. So I... I'd have to scroll all the way up like three yeah, weeks yeah. ago for me yeah. to find it, okay? So just... Lay off a bit here. Okay. We're gonna, we're gonna, sensitive. We're going to take a break. We'll, uh, Zing, and I, Zing and I will hug it out. And when we come back on the other side, we'll hear from Duke Williams, Coach Dickey, and lots of other stuff before the end of the show. This is the Sports Cage for Spreads.ca on 620 CKRM. Show is brought to you by Spreads.ca. Get 15 free spins on the slot machine for a chance to win $1 million. Hey, thanks for being along for the ride. It's been a fun show, fun week of shows. Tomorrow, Don Hewitt will be in the big chair. I am off to do the Ryder Plaza of Honor dinner for the first time ever, and I'll uh, be uh, there to uh, host the likes of Ken Miller, Weston Dressler, and our friend uh, Mike McCullough, who we just had on the show. If you missed any of the show, check it out in podcast form, wherever you get your podcasts. And it's brought to you by CAA Travel, where last I heard we had 12 trips left on the Sports Cage Extravaganza to Los Angeles, California. Mm-hmm. A game, Ducks in Carolina, Ducks and Sharks, uh, Chargers and Dolphins, and defending champion Rams against the Raiders. $24.99, taxes included. Comfort in Huntington Beach, California, that includes your flights, that includes your transportation from the airport to the hotel and from the hotel to and from the games. And includes the hotel as well. Yes, itself. and daily breakfast. You just have to pay for your lunch. And we're going to throw a big party. Supper, and we're going to throw a big party, and you and I are going to do the show from there. So, yes, sir. Awesome. Okay, so here we go, because Zinger's coming. So here we go. Um, before I get to uh, Duke Williams and Coach Dickey, I do want to bring this up. Man, so um, people accuse me of talking about my kid all the time, but I'm bringing this up as a point of reference. Okay, so one of the best things about uh, these phones, and we joke about Mike McCullough's flip phones, but having an iPhone or having Facebook or having this stuff, FaceTime has saved me because I haven't been able to be with my kid on a regular basis. And you know, with my son and daughter, I'm a hands-on parent. Like I'm a pretty in you know, I'm in their lives, right? Like I mm-hmm. want to be a, a a legitimate uh there whenever they need me kind of parent. And I'm a football fan and I helped steer him towards the game. He loved the game. I didn't push him, but he loved it. And he's playing down there and he's playing safety and he's he's uh he has to go in. They had a fifty play scrimmage yesterday and he's got to tackle a two hundred and thirty pound running back, okay? And he comes in from the side and he Lowers his shoulder and his head gets in there too because it's uh, sometimes unavoidable. But I'm watching, and I talk to him after, and I'm watching, and I, he's wearing one of those guardian caps. They're like the, the foam sleeve they put over the, uh, the helmets, right? Mm-hmm. I really think, Zinger, if we want to take this sport to another safety level, we've done all we can with the rules. We need to, every team, every team playing football in any level, including here in Regina, needs to wear guardian caps. And then when we get to university or junior football or the pros where they're logoed up, they need to be logoed up 
And so you, you got your rider logo on the Guardian cap. That's mm-hmm. what it's going to have. I think that's where it has to get to. That's the only other way you can get, uh, you know, safer. I th- Ethan said that saved his head, he thought, on a tackle play. I think within the next 10 years, I think that might be the case. You look it's got to acro- be faster than that. You, you look across the NFL right now, every single team in training camp is ma- uh, mandated to wear those for a certain amount of time. And going forward here, I think you're right. I mean... It won't be the prettiest thing from you so, know so the what? fans' perspective, but at the end of the day, it's not about yeah, being you pretty. You don't think Adidas, Nike, uh, Under Armour, any of these, they couldn't make it nice. They could make it nice. Phil Knight could make a nice Nike. Is there any? Guardian is cap. there? Is there any way? Do you think that you could take you know the Guardian cap, but put it underneath the shell? Maybe, so, but it'd be too hot, wouldn't it? I don't know because. It would be such a shame, though, wouldn't it, to have the nice shiny helmets leave football? I mean, that's what really attracted me to the game of football when I was a kid. Flipping through magazines, uh, the CFL game day programs, and seeing some nice, you know, yeah, colored helmets. Yeah. Or, no, or going to the Labor Day game in 1996, my first Ryder game, yeah. Labor Day 96, when I saw those helmets, those shiny helmets. Well, there's got to be a way. That's one thing I want to see. There's got to be a way, whether it's under the helmet or over the helmet, there's got to be a way to make it more appealing and protect yeah. our players, right from the grassroots all the way up, okay? Because yep. we want to see the health of the athletes, okay? The other thing that I have never figured out yet is, why do we have to have a chain gang? Mm. There doesn't need to be a chain gang. Can't we have a laser that goes across the field? Like, I'm surprised the NFL doesn't have lasers. You know what I mean? Yeah. When they bring it out and they have a little chink and, oh, oh, no, move it back. No, when you're measuring, just have lasers right across the field. Like, we have the fake line on TV for the first down yardage. Why can't we have a laser right across the field? That's where you got to get to. See, I'm not a big fan of that because our game as it is right now, it's already so technical with reviews and this and that. You know, 20 years from now, if we keep adding on to, you know, this technical aspect of the game it's not even going to be football anymore i mean yeah the chain game's cool because it's authentic the the game is played by individuals and those are individuals going out to do their job to measure if it's a first down or not we don't need to make everything technology okay i'll give you that but give me guardian caps okay i'll give you guardian. i don't want my players sucking steak through a straw at least at least in the the minor in the minor ranks for sure professional too come on man you just said it yourself they're wearing it in cap If, if we're really if we're no, I mean, like, start them off with the, yeah, yeah. in minor. Yeah, for sure. Every minor team should have it. Every minor team should have it, for sure. Okay, we are going to uh, get to Aaron Anderson in a little bit uh, from Regina High School Athletics to tee up uh, football in the fall coming up here. But first, let's hear from Duke Williams, who had, oh, he had a classic selly when he scored that touchdown in Edmonton. So, uh, Duke, last week when we talked to you, you said that in the previous weeks you'd maybe been trying to do too much. Uh, last week you had a big week. Was that just kind of reverting back to doing what you can do and not trying to overexert yourself? Um, yes, sir. That's exactly what it was. Um, I had a great week of practice, and I was back to just relax, being relaxed, and, and just focusing on what I can control, and it turned out to be what I needed it to be, and that's what I did this week. I also had a good week of practice this week as well. Actually, just being myself, not trying to do too much. My teammates was making plays. I was making plays, and that's how it's supposed to be. Um, we're feeling good right now. We just got to put it together come Friday. So when you have that added level of relaxation, did it almost kind of burst with that late touchdown celebration of the year? Uh, where did that come through? At what point did you know that you were jumping in to go uh, grab some nachos? Uh, me, and, me and Mario was in the end zone warming up before the game, and 
I just peeked to the back of the end zone. I was like, there's no way that that's back there. And I was like, if I score in this end, I know exactly what I'm going to do. And it just so happened I scored in that end, and it was perfect. By the fire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering about why no cheese. No cheese, no sauce, no queso. And it was like they just crushed it in their hand and put it back in the thing. Guacamole? No guac. <laughs> oh, <that's tough. laughs> so for you, where did nachos rank as far as stadium food for Duke Williams? What if what would be the ideal end zone snack for to celebrate a touchdown? Nachos. <laughs> Just some extra nachos. Yeah. All I needed some cheese. They ain't had no cheese for me. So but yeah, it was a good celebration. It was good to, you know, get back in the end zone and just have fun. And that's what it was about. That was T Mo kept telling me just go out there and have fun and that's what I did, have fun. Led by example and everything played out how it was supposed to. Duke, if you're able to uh, score this weekend, do you have anything planned uh, to celebrate with the fans at Ryder Nation at home here? Oh yeah, I got some of my sleeves this week, especially at home, so I know, I know they're going to be looking forward to it. So hopefully I get in the end zone this week and, you know, put it to put it to the test. So should we be letting fans know if they're in the first couple of rows in either end zone to get nachos with extra cheese and make sure there's some left for you? I need them in both end zones. <laughs> nachos with extra cheese and a cold drink. <laughs> Duke, what's it say about this team in locker room that even through the adversity, the three-game losing streak, you guys always were kind of positive about it. You guys didn't get down on each other through this adversity. Um, at the end of the day, we all we got, you know, we got to block out the outside noise. You know, we we know on the outside, the people that's on the outside looking in, they don't really know what's going on in the locker room. They don't know how close we are. So when we lost them a couple games, we didn't we didn't panic because we know what type of team we have. And I, I feel like the league know what type of team we have. You know, we just got to put it together. And I feel like we're putting it together at the right time. And that's what we got to do, man. We just got to come out with a lot of confidence and compete. And that's what it's about. We got a, a tight-knit group. Them couple of losses brought us even tighter, you know. And we got each other back right or wrong. So we're we going to ride to the wheels fall off, of course. You guys used the last time you faced BCS motivation with the fact you guys probably, you guys were the better team the first half. Second half, they came out and scored 28 on answer. Yeah. Um, it's football. But this week, it'll be a different story. We don't plan on that happening. Um, we go come out. We know what they're what they capable of. We know what they can do. But we also know what we can do. You know, and, and that's what it is. It's going to be a battle. They know it's going to be a battle. And we ain't taking no for answer this game. Was there a different Cody Fajardo with the fact he was able to run a little bit more in Edmonton after this fight? Did you guys notice a different Cody out there? Oh, yeah, we definitely did. Um, he, he looked it great. And, and that's what it's about. Once, once we rally around him, I feel like nobody can stop it. And that's, as long as we just come in the game and do what we're supposed to do and not do too much, everybody do their, uh, their assignment, and that's it. You know, don't try to go out and do somebody else's job. It's not going to work like that. Just go out, attack your man, beat your man, and if he beat you, get him the next play. You know, just make sure you beat him more than he beat you, and that's what it's about. You, you just got to be a dog. You're not going to win every battle, but make sure you win more than you lose. The receiver room's a close one. What's it like seeing Kyron and Shaq Evans just out here, even just running again? Oh, that, they're my boys. I, I can't wait till they come back. You know, once they come back, then it's really going to be something serious. And I know that for a fact. So, But it felt good watching the run routes, being with us on the field, actually running, being right on side me, right on side the rest of the receivers. And, and that's, that's, that's a sign of relief for us, you know, because what them guys been through, they've been through adversity as well. But I know what type of guys, you know, Shaq and um, Swerve, Swerve is. So I know they dogs and I know they want to be out here. But I told them, take their time. I'll hold it down. We'll hold it down as a receiver core until they come back. And that's, that's what we've been doing. And when they come back, that's just going to be topping on the cake. Your thoughts about the BC secondary, especially having played with them, play against them three weeks ago? I don't got nothing to tell them. I'm just ready to play. They know I'm ready to play, and they're going to see that come Friday. I don't have nothing to say to them on the field. I don't want to talk. I don't want to be buddy-buddy to, to Pete, 
to none of them Luches, to Lee. I don't want to talk to them when we get on the field. There's nothing to talk about no more. No, nothing to talk about. Get out of here, Lee. Get out of here, Luches. We don't need you, Luches. Leave me alone, man. Get out of here, man. The Duke has spoken. Coach Dickey spoke, too. Let's hear from him. Pete's game time, but we're hoping he can go. We got to check with him, uh, Murray, and see how he feels. But all signs point to Pete playing this week. How about AC Leonard? Same. Same thing. And Marino? Same. Yes. So you got the band back. We're getting the guys back. Yeah. Now that will they be a little bit uh, out of shape? Probably. Yeah. And, and we got to see how they feel too. I haven't gone in yet, mm -hmm. but if they feel well and they um, feel like they're able to, to play and play and uh, play a game without. First of all, re-injuring themselves or being tired, we're going to try to play. Because you were cautious with Pete last week. Definitely cautious. Kind of and we'll be the same, yeah. He felt better this week, uh, had a couple of good days, Murray. So we feel like as long as nothing happens in there that changes our mind, we're looking to play Pete this week. How about with the offensive line? Is it Campbell and what's going to happen? Yeah, it's Campbell and Lauderdale or Campbell, Lauderdale and Vaughn, depending how Vaughner does. Vaughner's still not out of the mix, um, but it'll be a combination of those three or those three. Did Vaughn practice today, sorry? No. No. So you think he could still be ready? In time I think he, he will be, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a low-grade hammy, so, uh, but we'll see. You know, th we didn't go hard this week just because it was a short week, so we feel like our offensive line can play even if they don't practice. Great. You, oh, you, you said Kyron Moore possibility to be ready this week. Is that still a possibility or no? No, he won't no. play this week, but we'll try our best to get him on next. Greg, uh, with you, Kind of uh, not wanting to get anybody hurt with everybody coming back on the defensive line. Are you guys going to kind of platoon a rotating cast there just to maybe uh, lessen the snaps that the guys are going to be on we'll the field? We'll try, but we also have to have you know a good offense and good special teams. So we'd like to dress as many D linemen as we could, but we also know we got to have some linebackers and some guys on offense for 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 Coach Moss. So we'll we'll figure that out when I go back in. But I do think you'll see less reps for the D line, especially if they're coming back on after being off. Jamal Campbell was kind of a, a big name free agent you guys went out and signed, but it didn't get the start. What what maybe was holding him back, or why did you like some of these other guys better? I, I just think Jamal, I mean, he's done everything we've asked of him. Uh, we feel like we're pretty good inside, and we wanted to go with American tackles just because we felt like that was our best lineup. Um, but he's had a good week of practice, and if he gets a start at tackle, I think he'll do a good job. Craig, have you noticed an elevation or an added excitement in uh, in Jamal's demeanor on field here this Yeah, week? a little bit. I mean, anytime a guy has, you know, gets the the sense he might play, there's a little bit of juice. So, but like I told Britton, he's been a hard worker all year. So, he just keeps coming to work and, and does his thing. Craig, you've been around this league a long time. I love you when I preface questions with that. <laughs> Nathan Work is a quarterback. Where does he rank when you're watching him? He's really good. I think the only thing that we need to see is can he do it year in year out. But this year, I mean, like I said to Michael Ball, he he is really good, as good of a young quarterback as I've seen in a long time. And if he keeps it up, you know, he's going to have some records before it's all said and done. He's got him now. Yeah, yeah, you're <laughs> right. He's he's getting a, and he's going to have some career records too. But I mean, career that's hard, right? You're looking long way down the road. But the small sample size he's put out there, he's a he's a darn good football. One thing on special teams is getting that hat trick, that just mixed field goal, kickoff return, punt return. It's hard. Only four guys have done it in the CFL. Uh, Alfred has two thirds of the way there. Okay. Do you think he's a guy that's capable of getting that third? Yes. Part? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Uh, if he just keeps doing what he's doing, trusting the guys in front of him, 
sticking it up in there, which he's doing a good job of, I think he will he will bust one because it's a big field and, and we've got good people in front of him that are working hard. So I would love to see him take a punt back at some point. Tomorrow would be great, or excuse me, Friday would be great, uh, but we'll take it whenever it comes. The main thing I always tell Mario is the same thing I tell all the returners. Get us a first down. And then if there's more, take more, but we want to really focus on getting 10 yards every time we touch. Of the third, would the punt return be the so-called easiest? Or the, or I the think, I, my opinion, the field goal return is because it's just there's so much space and you got offensive linemen trying to cover. I think uh, the second would maybe be the punt return, and I think the hardest one actually is kickoff return because, um, I don't know, it just seems like in the course of history there have been less, less kickoff returns than punt returns. But they're all difficult, you know. And with the guys covering for each team and the punters being as good as they are nowadays, uh, they're all difficult. So if he got another one, I think it'd be a real feather in his cap and a feather in the cap of the guys walking. When I play back his kickoff return, just to be the athletes who are on the kickoff return, because the long field, you have both, not say defensive linemen, sure. but the more athletic guys and more linebackers on kickoff returns, which would probably make it more difficult. Yeah, and the, guy, and yeah, the guys covering, everything's in front of them, where on a punt return, you can hold them at the hold them up at the line and they're late getting down where there's no doing that on a kickoff so I, I feel kickoff returns are even harder to uh, to bust that being said we've given up too so that tells you our cover team wasn't very good during during that game but we feel like our cover teams to take a tangent are getting better and our return teams are starting to strengthen too as a special teams guy does it still nod you that safety that occurred in that BC yeah that was that was bad and we showed it this morning to the guys two things Bad, bad job by the guys blocking for, for Mario, and he made a poor decision probably to bring it out. So we'll keep working at it. What does it say about this team? I know it's even during the adversity, the first three-game losing streak since you've been the head coach, that they didn't seem down on each other. They didn't seem no. to attack each other. It's kind of still kind of fun and positivity around. It's there. a good locker room. I mean, I, I really believe that. They, they, they care about each other, and they enjoy being around each other, and I think they trust the coaching staff. So when you have those things going for you, I think adversity – uh, is not maybe as big of a deal. It's still not good. We still don't want to have adversity. Hopefully that's it for the most part. But the reality is that's a good group in there. They trust the guy next to them, and I think they trust their coaching staffs to have their back. And Is this home-home set going to be a little bit different because it's a divisional opponent, plus you've already played BC once already? This well, well, there'll be famili familiarity for sure. So we know who, who they are. They know who we are. So it'll come down to players making plays and, and uh, doing a good job of managing the game when the when the clock gets late in the game. It'll be a close game, I believe. Craig, really important one. We were talking to Duke about his touchdown celebration from last yeah. week. And we were asking him what his ideal celebration snack would be. He said nachos, uh, more cheese sauce than what he had. What's your opinion on that? What is the best stadium snack for a celebration? Craig? I think nachos is right up there. But, you know, as I've gotten older, popcorn's a big hit too. So uh, I'm sure Duke will not be choosy. Whatever they have in the front row, I'm sure he'll be happy to sample. And, Hopefully he gets a little bit of popcorn and nachos this next game. We have officially run out of things to talk about midweek. We're talking about Duke's end zone snacks. That's funny. Somebody should set up a restaurant, Duke's end zone snacks. When we come back, we'll wrap the show up in a moment. This is the sports cage for spreads.ca on 620 CKRM. Welcome back. We're wrapping this show up. Canada's leading Switzerland 5-3 at the World Junior Hockey Championship. Our Connor Bedard does not have a point. What a loser. God, God, he's not very good. He's terrible. <laughs> Can you imagine being 17 and being that awesome? Um, Jays won today. They beat Baltimore, so that's good news. They move a game and a half up on the Orioles for that wild card spot. Um, what else? Oh, Andrew Harris's season is done. 
And at 35, you have to think his career's probably done. Mm-hmm. Hope he doesn't go out like that. Nobody wants to see one of the greats go out like that, except I don't like Andrew Harrison. He's a cheater. Yeah, he's a uh, cheater. Uh, Joey Votto's out for the year? Is he? Did you see that? Yeah, he's getting a rotator cuff uh, a surgery. He has a rotator cuff tear just a couple days after uh, he broke the record for most uh, games played by a Canadian-born player. He's done for the year. Well, he's been playing for the Reds all year, so he's been done since May. That's it. And my Padres beat the... Uh, Miami uh, Marlins by count of 10 to 3. So they're back at it. Uh, Okay, so that is going to do it for this show, which was brought to you by spreads.ca. Tomorrow's show also brought to you by spreads.ca. I will not be here. Now, I'll have a couple of featured interviews on this show. Uh, with Aaron Anderson, uh, with um, Vincent Donaldson, and Ra- Rashmadani too. I'll have uh, so, a few uh, interviews taped, but Don Hewitt will be sitting in here. You'll have all your rider news, BC Lion news. They come into town tomorrow. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, have all you need to know about that big game coming up. Uh, if you missed the show, we had our CFL celebrity picks, and the police chief, Evan Bray, was in the hot seat. He took Edmonton, he took Calgary. He took Hamilton, and he took Saskatchewan for your picks. So bet all your money on those picks, according to our police chief. And we do have the sports cage power rankings. Lions 1, Bombers 2, Stamps 3, Riders 4. Zinger and I are in agreement there. Number 5, the Alouettes, we're in agreement there. Number 6, I have the Tiger Cats, you have the Argos. Number 7, I have the Argos, you have the Tiger Cats. Uh, number eight, I have the Elks. You have Ottawa. Number nine, I have Ottawa. You have the Elks. So there you go. That's There's right. our sports cage power rankings. Uh, this podcast that you can listen to when I'm done here is going to be brought to you by CAA Travel. For my great producer, Sean Kleisinger, all our great guests who joined us and our great fans who called in and texted in, um, thank you very much. I appreciate it. The show is slowly building, my friends, just like the rider season, slowly building. Uh, this has been a sports cage for spreads.ca on 620 CKRM.